you know, Rob, I am like so sick of this whole bully mentality. I, they're just jerks to be jerks. I, I'm so sick of this. Do you know that they put a toupee on my head yesterday and just, gave me a swirly in the toilet? You know, I, I understand that they're immature, but like, I'm just over high schoolers. Yes, I understand we're like, you know, older than their parents and that we can't help that we're bald, but how does some slack? They, I mean, I, mean, I in the high school, I don't remember it being this bad, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, we're there to get an education, so they just need to leave us alone and we don't do anything to them. They just, I'm just sick of this. Leave us alone. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, well, actually, that's why I called you over here today. Um. All right. So a guy who looks uh, suspiciously like Gene Simmons gave me this record here. Okay. Um, and through it, we can conjure a spirit from the great beyond. Really? Mm-hmm. Seriously. So that's why you had me bring my whole backpack full of black candles here right now. Yes, exactly. Ooh, I'm like where this is going. And so this spirit's going to like help us get back at these like creepy high schoolers who should know better, but they don't. Yeah. Or just help us get through high school and, you know, so we can finally graduate. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I really need this diploma. I mean, it's hard being 55 and like still in high school. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I'm not even 55, but mm, you know, I'm tough. getting, getting close. Well, if this, if you really think this will help, I'm like down, you can count me in on this. Okay. Yeah. Let me just take it out of the sleeve and okay, uh, placing I'm going to start lighting all of these candles. I think I have like 30 of them. I got in my back. So this is, this is, I'll lay them out and light them up. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. I've got it on the turntable. I am going to put it in reverse. All right, now I'm going to turn the lights off so we just have candlelit. Okay. Wow, it's really dark in here now. It's super dark. But we have the candlelight. This is kind of creepy. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying the spooky vibe of this. Yeah, it, it seems like the room just got 10 degrees colder, too. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I can see my breath. Holy shit, Ooh. I can see your breath and I can see my breath. <laughs> I think this is working. Look at, and like, we haven't even started. Basically, we we've got to uh, call the corners or something, right? Or maybe it doesn't work I, that way with this. I don't know. I have no idea. The the speakers are like pulsating, like they got like that little blue like oh, lightning. Holy cow! Holy shit! The speaker just blew. Wow! Do you smell something? Ooh! It, this is like, what is that? It it's like. Bubble gum and and is it brimstone? I was gonna say rotten eggs, but yeah, brimstone's along that line too. Yeah, or is it? It kind of almost smells like Teen Spirit. Sammy, mm -hmm. is that you? There's something over there. Ooh, that, it's so smoky though. I can't make it out. That wait, that's <laughs> that's not Sam. I that's not Sammy Kerr, and I don't think we're alone now. No, I think that's Tiffany. But she's not even dead. Oh my oh God, my it, God is it is Tiffany. Tiffany. Oh. 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 
and roll will never die. At least not this Halloween. I've heard of raising spirits from the dead by incantations, right? Yes. I did that by playing the record backwards. You're kidding. Sammy Kerr. He's a rock and roll nightmare. I am a big fan of yours. I've got all your records. Shut up! All right, all you Midnight Mass Feature Cast fans, we thank you once again for joining us for this awesome episode. And from that trailer, you should be well aware that we're going to be covering 1986 Trick or Treat. I am Mark, and I'm always joined by the ever awesome. I am Bobby, and goddamn, I haven't seen this movie in so long. (laughs) But it's an awesome movie, is it not? It is. And this was, I, we kind of both uh, agree this was like a mutual kind of pick for both of us. So that we're just going to do a duo uh, agreement that we both wanted to cover this. Yeah, this was a double pick. Yes. Now, I can't speak for you, but I am um, pretty pleased with my leather pants that I'm wearing and my, uh, my uh, how would you say it, like a completely almost torn away from me t-shirt revealing my chest (laughs) yeah would you call that even a t-shirt like i i would just call it like uh hulk hogan got tired of ripping his shirt off so he just kind of let it hang there or more like uh you know dad got uh uh, got done with uh, washing the car and this is what was left of the t-shirt that he used to dry it off with and i just put it back on (laughs) yeah that sounds about right What do you think about my platform boots? I mean, I'm really digging I, these things. This is the first time I've ever had to look up to talk to you. So I'm pretty excited <laughs> about this. It's pretty cool. I feel really tall. You are so tall. And well, the hair doesn't uh, doesn't uh, help either. You're like scraping the ceiling there with that uh, gigantic, gigantic amount of uh, what would you call it? Uh, aquanetted hair that you got up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I was going trying to go for that C.C. DeVille look from Poison, but I ended up with more of a Blackie Lawless kind of look. I'm just worried that, that uh, all the uh, jack-o'-lanterns behind you is going to cause your hair to ignite. I'm, I, I'm a little worried. I might have a Michael Jackson moment, to be honest with you. I, I'm kind you of scared might. of that. Yeah, I'm just going to leave this fire extinguisher here by uh, by me on the desk. Yeah, keep it there because if I start screaming, you start spraying, okay? <laughs> I got your back, my friend. <laughs> Uh, so now I, I don't know about you. Do you remember exactly when you saw this? Yes, I did. Um, somehow, some way 
I got my mom to take me to this movie. I was 11 years Holy old. Holy cow. God yeah. bless your mom. What a great mom. That's right. Wonderful. I mean, she took yeah. me to see Purple Seriously. Rain. Um, and this, this is not Purple Rain. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it is not Purple Rain. Right. By no means is this Purple Rain. Um, but yeah, she took me to see this and she sat in the theater with me and everything. And oh. I, 11-year-old Rob uh, in the movie theater watching this movie for the first time. God love her. Now, was she engaged or was she kind of like, oh, I'm just doing this for my son? Um, I don't know. She was never into that type of movies. Oh, OK. So, gotcha. Yeah, definitely. Probably just there to like make sure that I didn't get kidnapped or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think that was ever a concern with my parents. Like I kind of just ran around. I think they were like, he's too heavy. No one can take him. <laughs> That was, you know what? That was probably their parenting. Looking back, they're like, if we just keep feed him, feeding him, he'll be so heavy that we can actually just sit around and watch country music programs and not really worry about him. So that was their own way of being proactive parents. I think yeah, it's, uh, it's like um, that uh, bumper sticker that says "fat people are harder to kidnap." <laughs> it worked with uh, with me at least. Yes. Um, honestly, though, if they had had like. A large amount of Hostess product products. I would have went with them willingly. <laughs> I would have. I would have done a lot for a Twinkie, like a, um, a good humor ice cream truck. Kind oh of my thing. gosh, yeah. I would have been gone. Yeah, I would have been gone. Um, I I did see this. I don't for the life of me. I think I must have caught it on cable. I know I didn't see it at the theater. I know I did not see it at the theater. I either caught it on cable or I rented it on VHS. A, a, like sometime in the like eighties. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I definitely did not see it at the theater. I know that for a fact. Um, now <laughs> I've got to, I'm, I'm glad that I own up to this, but you know, one of the big turnoffs that I think I was probably a little apprehensive was the fact that Mark Price was in this and you know, he was the kid from Family Ties. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I looked into the history. I'm like, who is this actor? And then I was like, oh, I remember him now. It was Skippy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that was probably the only thing that made me a little apprehensive. But like, it looked pretty cool. So I think I kind of got over that pretty quickly. And I'm glad I did, because I really do like this movie a lot. Um, it's... Uh, there's like a handful of 80s uh like marriage of horror and like like metal mm -hmm. movies yeah um like a, a couple of ones like uh there was black roses i don't know if you ever saw that no i've not seen that one oh i th okay so i think you or anyone might enjoy that one and then there was another one called rock and roll nightmare from the same year from 88 and that one is just bizarre but it's i recommend people watching it but it's really strange but like i think it almost kind of makes sense because this was kind of in the heyday when you had all the people like upset mm -hmm. with you know the like you know like a, what satanism and music and everything yeah. and of course all the bands were like playing up to that because it was selling their albums um so i think it would make perfect sense it would be a uh, a, a perfect union of like movies, you know, horror movies with rock metal music kind of thing. 
Yeah. And that was my thought exactly like watching back on it and having lived through the eighties and like the PMRC mm-hmm. and the stickers on the albums. Um, and just seeing like, uh, seeing like the, the televangelist. Oh yeah. Played by Ozzy Osbourne, which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. And then like the, the newscasters saying this and that music causes an eruption of violence and, uh, the devil and people having sex and i'm just like yeah this is pretty much the the propaganda that was being sold at the time yeah well and just real quick what was so funny is i think it was tipper gore if i'm not mistaken who's like really the leader of all this right wife yep yeah but i think they thought all this stuff always backfires but i think they thought that parental guidance sticker would be a deterrent but like it got to be where like everyone wanted that on there i mean it wasn't just metal music eventually like you know rap music would have it madonna would have it i Mm -hmm. mean it just pretty much everybody wanted that because it would mean more sales for your product right and i remember buying the album uh simply because it had a parental advisory sticker on it and i was like oh so this isn't that pussy shit this is that real shit (laughs) you know yeah, yeah. And then Walmart would not carry them. So they would have to sell edited versions for Walmart there for a while. <laughs> yeah, it was all very weird. But anyway, yeah. So uh, I think it would just made sense that they would find each other and and, and start putting these kind of films out. Um, to the best of my recollection, this is one of the first ones, though, as far as I know. Yeah, from what I remember, I do not recall that rock and roll nightmare. So I'm going to have to look into that. Oh, it's something else. Yeah. It is something else. <laughs> and that Black um, Rose is one as well. I'm, I've got some movies to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, just basically real quick, the premise, of, I mean, we'll talk about it and we always do spoilers here. The premise is basically you've got a basically a a high schooler who's really into metal music um bullied at school the singer uh sammy kerr has kind of made it big and he also went to the same high school that this the uh eddie eddie uh weinbauer went to Mm -hmm. except he's passed away in a um hotel fire and he kind of um is it basically, I don't know, is it ever really outright said that he had like any kind of pact with the devil or anything? It's just kind of implied, isn't it? Do they really ever go into that? Uh, I think it's more implied than it is anything else because I've, I'm trying to remember. Okay, so yeah, think- on the TV propaganda, they're like the connection between Satanism and occultism or something, but yeah. they never really said specifically that, oh, Sammy made a deal with the devil to like have his soul put into a record or something like that. Right. Right. It's, it's just kind of implied. And so, uh, basically, um, Eddie kind of gets a hold of an album and manages kind of inadvertently to summon the, uh, dead singer back to existence. And then things kind of go poorly from there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the basic premise. And then we'll get into the movie like we always do. Um, and then it doesn't have a gigantic cast of people. Um, it's a relatively small cast. Um, and then as far as the actual, well, 
the director um, was Charles Martin Smith. The only thing that I've mentioned that I really know of his is he did one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in 97. He directed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. I, I don't pay attention to the writers and directors usually. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to give them their due if there's other things like, yeah, you know, that because a lot of times in this genre, they'll do other films and stuff, but he really didn't seem to have a whole lot of like a, like a, a bent towards horror per se. Um, not that that's bad or good, just he didn't seem to have it. But what I do want to point out really quick is this was a Dino De Laurentiis production. Now, the De, uh, De Laurentiis group brought us films such as Maximum Overdrive, the Stephen King one, um, from 86. They also did King Kong Lives from 86. And then the vampire film uh, Near Dark, they brought us that one too from 87, which if anyone is into vampires, you need to see that one. Um, but another thing I want to talk about really quick is this film is kind of difficult to find. Oh yeah. And that's kind of why is because it's had so many different um, studios kind of purchase and repurchase it over the years. And it's not the music rights. It's not because of like uh, Ozzy or Gene, you know, and we'll talk about that later. There are parts in the movie, but it's, it really is trying to track down who actually owns the rights to the film now. And that's what has really slowed it down being, um, making its way to an actual physical media that people, especially in the States can purchase. Um, right. Because I, I like, I had trouble finding this on Amazon. Um, and I eventually gave up and I went to eBay and I was just like, you know what? I don't care if it's a burned copy. I'm just, I just want to have this on Blu-ray. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I ended up buying it, but I definitely could tell that it's a burned copy. Like th this was made somewhere in like Korea or something. And then I was able to track down a while ago. Um, oh, I know exactly where, um, from a, uh, uh, store here in town, um, a, a, a German import, and it plays just fine, you know, in, in region A players. Mm -hmm. uh, but supposedly, you know, fingers crossed everything, uh, Synapse Films has acquired the rights to it, and um, they do very good work. They're the ones who brought us The Kindred, which looked amazing, their uh, release of that. So it will probably take a little bit of time because they're so very meticulous with their um, production values and everything. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll actually in the States get a very nice release of that. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. But anyway, so th those are the people behind the film. Just really quick. Um, Mark Price plays Eddie. The only thing, like I said, he was skippy on Family Ties. He did like 51 episodes from 82 to 89. Um, and he's kind of our lead that we follow. Um, he's he's put upon. He's He seems like a nice enough kid, but like his life at school sucks. <laughs> um, I like his, like, I, I always like in films where like, they have like that upstairs attic room. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted one of those things. Was like, that an like, upstairs right? attic? I thought that was a garage. No, I think he was in the attic. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's a that's pretty big I room. I mean, I yeah. actually made well, it. I could be notes. wrong. I could be wrong. I thought it was the attic. You know, I thought it'd be cool like Greg Brady was in the end, you know, at the end of the Brady bunch where we got <laughs> to move to the attic. Um Yeah. I thought um, but 
seeing his room. Yeah, that that made me write in my notes. I was like, I would have killed for a room like that. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. He had like all the posters and everything and his little hamster. Um, <laughs> and but now, I don't think they really tell you why, but he kind of goes by the name Ragman. Yeah, no, the, I never understood why. Mm-mm. No, but he that's kind of, you know, he kind of goes by that. Um, and while we're privy to his room, we hear that their Halloween concert at his high school has been canceled. Yeah, and he's upset about that. He's very upset about that. Now, was it it wasn't canceled because of the fire, I believe. It wasn't it canceled because they didn't want the Yeah, they like didn't the, agree with his music. Yeah, exactly. The the PTA, the head of the PTA or something like that said that uh the suggestive lyrics, blah blah blah, this and that. Mm-hmm. They were just they're glad that they blocked him from playing the high school on Halloween. Right. Yeah. They weren't proud of him being a, uh, a, uh, alumni of the school. They right. kind of frowned upon his, his, uh, life choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get kind of like the voiceover. He's got, you know, the airheads and the brain deads at school and they just, they, they harass and they do like really jerky stuff to him. He's got his like, you know, he goes to drink his chocolate milk and they drilled a little hole in it and it pours all over him and they're like messing up his hair. Yeah. Um, and then there's and, the whole, <laughs> Oh boy, the locker room. Okay. So <laughs> what they do is they kind of like, well, they're messing around with his locker. Like they're, they're like playing with his cassette tapes and everything. And they eventually throw him out of the locker into like the gymnasium where the girls are practicing out there. <laughs> He's stark naked. Yep. Um, more of him than I needed to see ever in my life. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. And then, of course, the girl. I, I wonder if the girls didn't even know about this because they had the Polaroid camera ready to go. And so they take a picture of his butt and everything. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but I do like there's that one sweet girl, Leslie. And I love her so much. I never. I do, too. I don't know who she was, though. Um, Lisa. Hold on. Let me or, see the. Orgolini. Yeah, that's it. Lisa Orbellini. And mm -hmm. like, she was the sweetest one. And I was like, I wish I had known somebody like that in high school. (laughs) Oh, she was very sweet. Now I, I looked up her filmography. I wasn't familiar with anything she had done at all, but the last film she starred in was called hideous kinky. And I want that so badly to be my dancer name. I want to be hideous kinky. <laughs> hideous kinky taking the stage. Exactly. Um, Cause would you be like excited to see someone called hideous kinky or would you be repulsed or would you be like a little bit like, ah, maybe, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. I think I would um, feel ambivalence toward that most definitely. Yeah. So, but I, okay. <laughs> this is horrible. And I'm, I, this is horrible. I, really was not involved in this. Okay. So in high school, I went to an all boys high school. Okay. Um, but we did have a secretary who was a woman. She was the sweetest woman in the world, but, and this was poor planning, but basically the driveway went all the way around the school and right off of the boys locker or the the locker room was a door that opened right out into the driveway that would go around the the room. Well, (laughs) He eventually didn't come back to school because they were so horrible to him. But they pushed this one student out and locked the door on him. So he's banging to get back in just as the secretary drove around. 
And the look on her face, her eyes got like gigantic and she just turned and looked forward and kept driving. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> so horrible. But like I had forgotten all about that. But then like seeing this, I'm like, God, like I know someone that this something like this happened to. But I'm like, oh, high school was so awful. It was such an awful time for people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I in my notes, I've got high school is a horror movie for the outcast, basically. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. My high school was not really, well, I just told you that story. It really wasn't quite like this for the most part, because there was only like 40 of us in my class. We had like the biggest class ever. And there's only 40 of us. And we just kind of like stuck to like, we had our own little like groups and we just didn't intermingle. Like we just kind of kept to ourselves. I don't know. It was really weird. How big was um, your high school though? Well, we had the biggest class and there were 40 of us. Um, our freshman class was 40. The senior class, there were eight. Uh, it oh, was not big. Jeez. Okay. That's tiny. Be maybe it's because it was a different experience for me. We've had ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th and 12th graders. And so everybody was at that school. Um, well, so, yeah, same here, but they were tiny, tiny amount. Well, see, my school is like a preparatory to like move on to like a seminary. Like it was a prep seminary to move on to like if you wanted to be a priest. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So we were all like, we were there like really good kids, gay, or like the kids that they were going to like hold back in eighth grade unless they were so awful, they were going to hold them back unless they would send them there for the priest to like whip into shape. <laughs> like you had juvenile delinquents bunch of gay kids or just like kids who actually wouldn't want to be priests. <laughs> so if your kid's gay, send them to seminary school. <laughs> well, they didn't realize that we were gay. We knew we were gay, but they didn't oh, realize. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. 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 Wait, wait, go ahead with your story. I, I apologize for cutting you off. Oh, no, I was just going to say we had like such a huge, um, like the class, you know, the, the ninth graders, there was probably a hundred of us. Uh, and then 10th graders, 11th and 12th, there was probably maybe 50 or 60. So it was just a, a giant building full of kids and hormones <laughs> and just like all kinds of shit. I remember uh, fires in the locker room, people constantly pulling the fire alarm and all that. Um, but this one experience like just bothered the shit out of me for so many years when I because I used to get there early so I wouldn't have to deal with like tons of people. Um, and so I would walk the halls until homeroom started. And like, there was a group of kids that I guess they saw me one morning. And so they decided to like, kind of chase me around the school. And so here I am walking the halls and I'm just like, I'm not running, but like, I'm trying to avoid them and they're moving uh -huh. faster and faster following me. Oh no. And finally they catch up to me. And, uh, this one dude pushes me up against the wall and he's like, I'd like you to meet my friend Avalanche. And he's like, do you know why they call him Avalanche? And he was like this gigantic fat dude. Okay. Um, and so he was like, and I was like, no. And he's like, he's going to tell you why. And then like the fat dude just like crushed me up against the wall. And he oh. was like, that's why they call him Avalanche. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> see, that was, an, see, Catholics are smart. They like separate the boys and girls. So you take away that whole, in schools. So you take away that whole like, I guess the sexual tension of everything, like the hormones and everything. So that kind of cuts out a lot of that too. Not that yours was sexual based or anything, but yeah. 
<laughs> but it made it worse uh, for me because like I was just surrounded like by like a bunch of other guys. It was a sausage fest. It was. Yeah, it was. It was. But yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So yeah, high school is never fun. I don't think for anyone really. There's that like, you know, a handful where it's just a dream come true. But for yeah, a lot of people, it's like, not very fun. Like the jocks maybe and the the football stars and maybe the really popular kids. Yeah. 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 I feel bad for them after high school because it's either meth or crack. <laughs> Most of them anyway. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't think ours. Yeah, I think we had two totally different experiences. I don't think ours. Most of ours. I, most of mine, I think, either like did go into the priesthood or um, just got married and they like, you know. Just have regular jobs, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think math was in the picture for many of <laughs> many of my classmates. I mean, I'm just kidding. I don't actually know, uh, but I do know like the the most popular people in in our school were like they they didn't exactly have the greatest lives after high school. Um, a lot of them were had like many many children and are not married and all this other shit. So. It's probably, it's definitely not a lifestyle that I would want. And so it's like, I'm kind of glad that I wasn't popular, you know? Yeah. You'd be out there. You'd be pumping out kids right and left. Oh, geez. That's a nightmare in itself. (laughs) Oh, anyway. So back to our, uh, Eddie here. Yeah. Um, Back to the horror movie, not our lives. Yeah. Well, yeah. The horror movie that is our lives. Um, so, but now. The one thing that kind of helps him get through all this is his love of Sammy Kerr. He is the singer uh, um, that graduated from there. Yeah. And I do and, wonder if, um, see, he apparently, I'm getting, the picture I'm getting is that he constantly keeps in contact with Sammy, but does Sammy ever write him back? Like, do they, is it a one-sided kind of relationship? Oh, no, I'm thinking one-sided all the way. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. No, it's one-sided. I remember <laughs> I remember one time I invited Joan Jen the Black Arts to stay with us and my mom like freaked out like she was really going to come stay in our house. I'm like, do you really think that like this woman and these like three men are just going to be like, hey, let's go stay at the Hicks house. She's cool with it. And I'm like, Ma, they're not. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Oh, she was like man. furious with me for just inviting like these people to stay with us. I'm like, that's not ever going to happen. Um, do you. I Sorry, I want to pull us aside for one moment here. Do you remember. Uh, in the it was either the 80s or the early 90s where MTV was having that contest where Anthrax would stay at your house and play a concert there. <laughs> I, I vaguely now I go okay, so this is where I'm gonna like way lose all of my street cred here. <laughs> the, the, the this type of music back then was not my type of music, so I wasn't into like any of this really per se i was way more like a i've got to (laughs) go you're you're (laughs) you're no longer my friend no i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah no so i was way more into like uh i would have been like listening to susie and the banshees the arrhythmics that kind of stuff i was not a metal guy at all like at all oh see Um, i i was into that too like basically because i'm an mtv kid so i listened to all of that stuff and it was like, I could never limit myself to just one flavor, I guess. And so I had to consume all of this. Like I was listening to the Beastie Boys. I was listening to Run DMC, all kinds of rap music. And then 
it was uh you know hair metal heavy metal and then you know just everything it's like music to me was kind of what i needed in my life so and i everyone is different okay everyone is different but the things that a lot of the uh they represented and they were singing about did really appeal to a gay guy. Like I wasn't all about girls, girls, girls. Mm, Do you, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so like they automatically almost like alienated me as a listener or at least like me, me physically, mentally. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that does. Yeah. Like Motley Crue was not talking to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> what about like Judas Motley Priest Crue- though? Like this was before, this was before he came out as being gay, but. Um, oh yeah i just i just honestly i remember thinking these men are wearing a lot of eyeshadow and hair product are you women sure about this <laughs> <laughs> well that even poison and rat did that I mean, oh yeah just, they all did yeah, yeah i remember i remember yeah yeah but anyway so like this type of music just wasn't my thing like they how do i explain this um this will make no sense to you because you're a straight man that just enjoys things that straight men get to do. Um, (laughs) Like I wouldn't feel comfortable just walking into certain places. Like I would be like, they're going to kill me. Um, And like, (laughs) like these bands represented the kind of people that would just kill me for being who I was. Mm -hmm. So like Motley Crue wouldn't like be like, Hey, come hang with us. They'd be like, Hey, let's kill him. (laughs) Does that make any sense? Yeah, that does. Okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, like, it's hard to explain. I don't know. It's just, oh, it's so hard to explain to someone who's not, doesn't see things that way. I don't know. It's really hard. Well, I kind of get it. Like not the, uh, I mean, I get the part about you're feeling like you don't belong because of uh, the certain attitudes that people put forth. Exactly. Yeah. Not even that I don't belong, but that I might be physically harmed. (laughs) It might be detrimental to my health. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that's, that, but that was then, not now. Like I, I see them, it's weird what age can do in like decades, you know, like now I really kind of see them for like, hey, they were like having fun with this. So They're really kind of playing up to this and blah, blah, blah. So I like a lot of the stuff, like I was like, want no part of, I really kind of rather enjoy now. Yeah. Except for Kiss, I've always really enjoyed Kiss. They were my one caveat that like, I've always really liked Kiss. See, for some reason, they they just never spoke to me. Like I, I love the the whole stage makeup thing, and it, I thought it was really cool. Yes, but aside from that, it's like their music did not portray like the I guess the image. And I was like, I was really bummed out when I heard that the music did not match with like that spooky image. I, I was expecting something like uh, King Diamond or whatever, you know? The theatrics of Kiss is what I think really won me over. And that horror movie that they did for, with Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> <laughs> or was it Croft Super? I think it's Hanna-Barbera. But anyway, like uh, Kiss Me, the Family of the Park. That, that like won me oh, over. Oh, yeah, that's like, the movie that I saw. And fan ever since. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they did the disco song, I was, I was like hook, line, sinker all into Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I really like God of Thunder. I like uh, Deuce. I like Strutter. 
Um, geez, and I think that's pretty much it. It's like I never really got into Kiss. Yeah, there you go. But I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know, man. It's like di- different strokes. <laughs> and see, I would. Oh my gosh, we gotta get off this. In grade school, I would draw pictures of Kiss for a quarter, and that's how I'd make money to like buy comic books. Oh wow, nice. The kids at school like hated me. <laughs> but Kiss was so big that they would like at least buy my drawings for a quarter because I could really draw. Oh, nice. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's like they tolerated you just for your Kiss drawings. Yeah, and they at least give me the quarter, which I would like turn into like comic book. Yeah. So I was an art whore even as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll sell this to you for 50 cents and because it's a, right. it's a Mark exactly. original. Exactly, exactly. Um, gosh, we are so off. I know. Anyway, okay. So now this is, this turn- show became about our childhood instead of like... <laughs> so now I'm turning the car back onto the road. Um, so now it's Lake Ridge High. Um and then just really quick, the, one of the people the, that's like really against Sammy performing there is Mrs. Uh, I think it's, let me look her up real quick. I want to say her name right. Um, it, yeah, it's Mrs. Cavell, Mrs. Uh, Sylvia Cavell. And she's the one who was a teacher for 30 years. And she's on the Senate committee uh, uh, against rock music. She doesn't want him there. Oh, now, the actress yes. is Alice Nunn. I must talk about her because I love this woman so much. She's having she, none of your none of your BS. No, she was in Airport 1975. From uh, it was released in 74. Uh, she was in a movie called Fangs, which is about snakes, killer snakes from uh, um, 74. She was in Brian De Palma's The Fury from 78, and then she was in Mommy Dearest about Joan Crawford from 81. This is one of my like the best TV movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. She was in that from 81. Does that Did have anything see- to do with Scarecrow Gone Wild? No. Oh, I, no. No. Okay. Shoulders above each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, are there three of those? I think I watched all of those because they were like on one like DVD set. I've only the seen Scare- the first one. Oh no. There's like a bunch of them. Yeah. I watched them all. Um, now, have you seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Of course. She played Large Marge. Yes, I love Large Marge. And then she was also in Who's That Girl? Because I will see anything pretty much Madonna does. I can't remember. <laughs> now, I did see Who's That Girl, but I. Oh, she was like a big uh, remember like, it. She was like, a, a, what's the word I want? Like an inmate. Uh, what do you call them? They work at the prison. Uh, guard. She was like a, a, okay, a, a yeah, guard. prison guard. Prison guard. Prison guard. Thank you. But why that was hard, I don't know. But anyway, so that's Alice Nunn. And I love her so much. Um, but so, yes, she's against it and she does not not want him playing there. This is also when we find out that um, he was dead at 38 years old. Yeah. Hotel fire. fire. Now. I thought 38 was kind of old. I like, did to too. Me, I was. Yeah. Like, okay. Did he just get out of high school and then make it big? But being 38, it's like, why would Eddie or Ragman be so. Uh, feel like a connection to somebody who's probably a generation and a half like ahead, you know? Yeah. It, I am. I imagine it's just one of those things where, um, hang on. 
I have a sneeze coming. I can feel it. Um, <laughs> you just, he's super cool. Like I, I'll, I'll admit like there were people like I loved and they were probably not sexually just admired, like, you know, rock stars. And like, they were probably nowhere near my age. You know, yeah. I just, I thought they were super cool, you know? Like, I'm sure Stevie Nicks would not really want to hang out with me, but, like, <laughs> I liked her a lot. You know? you know, I used to dream about, like, uh, going to see Twisted Sni- Twisted Sister. I, I almost said Snister for some reason. Twisted Snister? Twist, yeah. Twisted <laughs> Sister. And then Dee Snyder invites me on stage to, like, sing We're Not Gonna Take It. <laughs> that was, like, my childhood dream right there. I, I love that story so much. <laughs> I used to dream that, Aaron Spelling would write a role for me to be Farrah Fawcett's like cousin. So <laughs> Fat Mark would be on Charlie's Angels, like fighting, you know, with the girls. But yeah, that never happened either. Um, <laughs> the kids are so weird. Yeah. <laughs> we dream big, damn it. We did. We did. Like, just real quick, wrap your head around, like, I would have brought the whole damn show down. (laughs) You've got these three hot women in bikinis and this fat kid with glasses and the terry cloth shirt. I was like, no. Well, you could be like the kid in Bad Santa, man. You know that. Oh, God. But I would not have been that kid. That was so not me at all. (laughs) I mean, he barely spoke. God, yeah, no, I'd been just like, isn't he, isn't he gay? Like, like, does anyone else not know this kid's gay? Why is he hanging out with Baron Fawcett? <laughs> anyway, I'm so sorry. Oh, geez. Um, but so this like really sends Ragman like spiraling down. Like he is so depressed, he starts like tearing all the posters down out of his room. Except for he cannot bring himself to tear the poster down of Mister Kerr. You can't do that. Yeah. And did you notice that Sammy had this really bad tattoo of like a goblin or something on his shoulder? Or uh, I noticed the tattoo, but I see a lot of times in these just in general, when you see tattoos. I usually think that's not real, so I don't give it much more thought because then I'll just hone in on like that's like a a, you rub it on with water or like someone drew that on. You know what I mean? Like, And then I just become fixated with that. Through the whole movie and I just well that yeah. was me. I was fit when I saw that I just fixated on that one spot and I was hyper focused on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I well, was like, why would he get a bad tattoo like that? A, a bad he's, tattoo. He's yeah. making money. Well, okay, so let's okay, so let's really play this out. Don't you imagine that that bad tattoo probably happened way before he got big? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably he probably got that bad tattoo back in this town where he came from. He probably got it in high school. Yeah, some it's, in somebody's basement. Oh, you're really going down that road. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, now I did like this next part because uh Eddie actually has a friend who's a DJ, Nuke. Yeah. Um, and and they actually get along, which I thought was really kind of cool. So he's not like this total like ostracized from everybody person he's just you know he's got different tastes than everybody yeah he's got Um, connections in the metal community i guess you could say yeah um i've got to be really careful with this because we're gonna this is gonna be the longest episode ever (laughs) i in my school like metal kids weren't really like ostracized like metal was pretty big in like my grade school and then my high school. Like they weren't like the outcasts. Yeah. Well, they like that in my school too. There were, 
I, I guess the nerds were more the outcasts or the people that were thought of as nerds, but were probably not nerds. You know, they just, yeah. they weren't metal and they didn't dress like everybody else. So it's just like, let's call them nerds and, you know, cast them out. Yeah. Metal was not like, like the way they pertain metal in this movie. It wasn't, that wasn't my reality. Like the, the metal metal heads or whatever were pretty kind of the cooler people actually. Right. Same, same for my school too. They were quite popular. Um, like not popular, like popular, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, they weren't, yeah, they weren't frowned upon. So clearly Satanism's hard at work. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, so the DJ is uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Um, who's actually done like a ton movie wise too. Um, yeah. We just talked about the Kiss Me, Fam of the Park from 78. Um, he was in the movie Runaway with Tom Selleck from 84. Now, have you seen One at Dead or Alive with Rutger Hauer? Um, I think I might have. I, I did see a lot of Rutger Hauer films. Okay. Uh, he was in that uh, from 86. He was also in Red Surf uh, with another actor from the film, Doug Savant. They were both in that from 89. Um, did you see Detroit Rock City? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, that was an, an, another one um, with Eddie Furlong, uh, of all people, from 99. Uh, more recently, he was an extract with Jason Bateman from 2009. And then, because <laughs> um, I love me some Scooby-Doo, uh, he was in <laughs> Scooby-Doo uh, and Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery from 2015. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize he was in that many films. Yeah, yeah, he's actually had kind of a little career, side career going. Yeah. I now, noticed I will say, immediately oh, that that was Gene Simmons, though. Yeah, and I'll say this, the power of facial hair, because, like, he wasn't a bad-looking gentleman in this. Like, the, with the beard kind of helped, I think. Yeah, he looked like a cool guy, man. Um, yeah. And I heard that, like, uh, what... He was originally offered the part of Sammy Kerr, but he turned that down because he was a huge fan of Wolfman Jack. And so he wanted to play a radio DJ. Yeah, that's pretty cool, I think. Good yeah. for him. Um, good for him. I mean, that is really cool. You know, kind of like work outside the the box, you know, change it up some. Yeah. Um, I also like the way he's interacting with Eddie because like Eddie's like all about this guy. And, and um, you know, Nuke is kind of like, you know, He's not all that, you know? I agree. Yeah. He's like, adjust your expectations. Yeah. He's like, he was, you know, he was saying like he was angry even in high school. So do you think that they were, they went to, to school together? I think so because they're probably about the same age at that point. Yeah. Um, 38. That would, you know, yeah, he could so, be a DJ at 38 too. Mm -hmm. So maybe um, they were friends in high school or maybe they just kind of knew each other in passing. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I, I, I really do like that. How he's like kind of like not playing into this whole he's the super cool guy that you think he is. He's you know, he has his downsides, too. Yeah. Um. But I thought I thought it was very sweet that he gave him like so he's got this demo album that he's supposed to play at Halloween. But Gene actually gives him or I'm sorry, Nuke actually <laughs> gives Eddie the album to take home because he's basically recorded the tape to play on Halloween night yeah. from the, the booth. And which uh, is really awesome. That was really cool. That is like, it's, it's like, he's a, he's actually a good friend and he, you know, he knows 
how Eddie feels about his childhood hero, I guess. Yeah. And I like how, um, well, number one, it's not like a creepy adult kid thing. Like now they would make it that way somehow. Um, But it's like, he's really, he's not treating him as a teenager. He's treating him as just another individual, another human being that has feelings. Like he's, you know, he's reacting or acting, treating him like uh, as a, almost like as an equal. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not talking down to him. He's not being dismissive of him. I, I, I really like the relationship he has with Eddie. I think that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, there's definitely nothing creepy about that. I would no, say. no. And I, I don't know. It's just nowadays they always have to go somewhere like that. And I'm like, no, I, it's not the case. I thought that was just really cool. I like the relationship they have. Yeah. Um, so the next morning, uh, we meet his friend, Roger. And it, Roger's another really cool guy because he was worried about him because he wasn't at Trig that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Roger is Glenn Morgan, and this was his only acting job. Uh, he's kind of behind the camera now, but as far as being in front of it, this was it. This was Roger's only acting job. Um, and then Leslie like gives him the Polaroid that the girls took from the day before. Oh, yeah. Like, which, why would she do that? Because she's sweet. I mean, this is like... Uh, like see I okay this. i took it the other way like they put her up to giving him the polaroid uh because like they wanted to remind him that hey we caught you naked um you know while these people were doing this bad shit to you but yeah you're see, right wouldn't they keep that and like post it up somewhere where he could right get exactly exactly and she gave him the cassette that they had too like she got the cassette and the, the Polaroid. She gave him both those things back. See, I, I think she was just being sweet. I didn't even notice the cassette. I was like, why is she handing him like a box? No, I she did both okay. those things. I thought she was just being very sweet. I think she just really like likes the guy. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I, I, I love her character so much. And he's such a jerk to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he, he thinks that she's just patronizing him. Well, and he's just, you can tell, and this is really sad, but you can tell that he's just, I mean, because of everything, he's just built this hardened exterior up where he won't let anyone in. Mm-hmm. Like he he can't see someone as genuinely being nice to him. He just automatically assumes people are up to stuff. Right. Mm. And then she the, invites him to the pool party, which when she did that, I'm like, no, that's it's not it's not going to go well. Don't do that. I was like, oh, man, that that sounds like a trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I just. Yeah. Anyway, so I just I don't know. It just made me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it, Eddie. Um, but that night he's all excited and he's packing to go. And then he's got the uh, license plate, the, the, the um, custom license plate that said body doc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're taking it there, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, because, yeah, there, there's a, I, I did want to talk about this later, that this movie, it seems like it draws some interesting parallels to Dead Heat in certain points, you know? It kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But his said Ragman, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I still don't... What does that mean? Does it? Is it... See, I was wondering if you could fill me on that because I'm like, is it some metal reference that I'm not getting? Is it... Mm, no, I don't think so. I Honestly, I don't know why the hell he would be called Ragman. And I'm like, is it... Well, okay, never mind. I just answered my own question. Because I was going to be like, is it something that he's given himself that title? Or is it like a like a derogatory name the kids have called him? But I'm like, no, if you've got a custom, 
Yeah, yeah. A custom license plate is not going to be because people are <laughs> right. You, you said... would really need therapy if you got a custom license plate of a derogatory name people have called you. Yeah. <laughs> what you were saying earlier about it wouldn't right. it wouldn't be Ragman. It would be something no, else. Something else. It sure would. Yeah. And I had the unfortunate uh, last name of Hicks, and then being gay, it just was not a good mix. Um, <clears throat> you'll think about that later in Titter. Um, <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure it out still. <laughs> <laughs> so he does go to the pool party and I, you just like the minute he opens it up, there's all the cool kids. Not that he's not cool, but like he just, it's not his, it's not his scene. You know, there's a cool kids. Yeah. And you know, did you notice the breasts? Oh, I, I did notice the boobs. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if, I wonder if uh, Ralph caught these. Um, and then, but I would course, still feel out of place there. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, yes. <clears throat> there. I don't know. I was just like, get out, get out, get out, get out. Um, so of course the like jerky Tim Haney comes up and uh, he's just so horrible to him. And he's like, get the, get the F word out of here. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, he's like, got ears dildo. And I'm like, no, what dildo would have ears? You idiot. <laughs> He's such a douche, man. It's like, oh yeah, and his girlfriend's not any better, Leslie. Oh yeah, she's like, why um, do you got to be so creepy? Wait, not, I lied. no, not Leslie, the other chick. What's Jeannie, her name? Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she, she's like awful too. She acts under the auspice that she's trying to help him, um, but actually, she's just berating him for being different. Oh yes, that's my favorite thing when when kids do stuff like that. Yeah, it's like I'm not being mean; I'm just telling the truth. I'm like, no, you're being <laughs> awful, and the guys of being helpful is what you're doing. Um, now, to just really quick, Tim is Doug Sav- Savant, um, or Dreamy Doug, as I like to call him, because um, <laughs> in my movie, he would have been Eddie just to have the nude scene. And I would have wanted that Polaroid. <laughs> um, so uh, he was in the movie Masquerade from 88 with Meg Tilly, who I love, and Rob Lowe. Did you see the Maniac Cop movies ever? Uh, I think I saw the first one. Yeah, I saw the first one. Okay, because he was on um, the third. He was in the third one, a Badge of Silence from 92. Okay. And then he did uh, Melrose Place, uh, 159 episodes from 92 to 97. Yeah, I didn't see any of those. Okay, now I will say this. He is dreamy, but we were talking about Nev Campbell, and I said she reminds me she's always got like dust in her eyes or something. She's always got like, (laughs) he is the male equivalent equivalent of that to me. He always looks like he's like kind of teary-eyed oh he's got the puffiness underneath his eyes yeah he just always looks like did you did you sleep okay doug or did yeah you, is it, yeah uh, yeah anyway but uh he was also in um godzilla from 89 okay i did i did there. see that one he was sergeant o'neill and then he did one episode of the x-files um when they rebooted it um from 2016 <clears throat> and he was augustus good goldman Okay, now, yeah, Jeannie, I, I saw the reboot. Oh, yeah, I actually like the reboot. Um, were you a fan? Yeah, I was. Okay, I, I'm okay, big cool. X Files dude. But, oh, and, me like, too. And the spinoff Millennium with Lance Henriksen, totally, yes. totally all there for that. 
Yeah. Now, how were you with the sex files? Didn't see any of the any of those episodes. I'm sad to say. <laughs> um, Jeannie only did one other film besides this, and that was her name's Elise Richards. Um, but yeah, she only did one other film. But anyway, yeah, she's just as awful as he is in my book. I don't. I, she's just horrible. Now, is she um, related to Denise Richards in any way? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, she would have probably maybe her mother or something because. <laughs> this chick was around in like 19, 1980s and she was probably in her 20s. So yeah, definitely not uh, Denise Richards' sister. No, probably not. Um, I just, no, I, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say no. And I apologize if I'm wrong. I just don't think there's any lineage. Between it's okay. Groups. I'm just being a hard ass about things. Um, now, do you have feelings on her hair? It's ridiculous and I hate it. Okay, thank you. Because I was like, I know it's the eighties, but I'm like, you have mom hair. <laughs> she, okay. The character she's playing, not, not the actress, but the character that she's playing uh, is a girl that I would not even look at twice in high school. Oh, she was just so horrible. She's yeah. so horrible. Um, but anyway, uh, so they like basically berate him. He turns to leave and they stick like a weight in his backpack, which like, sinks him to the bottom of right. the pool. How how and, stupid is that? I mean... Oh, they're so horrible. So Leslie has to jump in and save him. And then they're... Oh, it's just horrible. They're just so awful to him. And then when um, she pulls him out, she gives him mouth to mouth with a little bit of tongue. And yeah. <laughs> and then he grabs a boob. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. We're, we're talking about my movie now. I, I'm offended for Leslie. <laughs> I am offended for Leslie. Um... Now, in my mind, I don't know why, but he would be the kind of kid that doesn't bathe regularly, though. He he looks at he he looks kind of greasy all the time. Yeah, like he just it'd be like you could you could do with the shower. It's not going <laughs> to kill you. Yeah, yeah, he just looks a little like like the same clothes are worn like for a week maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyway, the hair um, looks like it's been unwashed for a while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, he's all upset. And he, he He's like, he's going to nail the bastards. So this is where he's home and he's playing his Sammy record. And uh, he has that dream about like, the, basically, I'm assuming it's probably the hotel room fire with that ring of fire. And then Sammy's sitting in the middle of like the two other people in the back are burning. Yeah. And I thought that was a cool effect. I mean, as a kid, that probably scared the hell out of me. But mm -hmm. looking upon it now as an adult, I was like, that's a really cool effect. It's like you've got the backwards voice playing and then you've got Sammy in, in a circle of fire. And then there's like two people swaying back and forth in flames. Yeah, it was very... Were they swaying? That one almost looked like she was trying to put herself out. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it looked like they were swaying. <laughs> I think you might be romanticizing this whole thing. <laughs> They're just dancing along to the music. <laughs> um, and there's that like, it sounds almost like a locked groove on the album. When yeah. Wakes up. Yeah. It kept um, repeating over and over. It was like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then was it, was it songs in the key of death? Is that what it was? Yeah. It was a play on the Stevie wonder songs in the key of love. Oh, okay. Um, and then when he plays it back, does it say the big fish is you? Is that what it says? 
you know, I was trying to make that out, but we don't have subtitles on the DVD that I was playing or the Blu-ray that I was playing. So I couldn't figure out what was being said. Well, I'm like, is it the big fish is you or I'll be fisting you? And I'm like, this could go so many different ways. Um, oh, shit. So he's back at school and he's like setting up this elaborate thing with like the mop bucket and then that like a rolling chair. Oh, yeah. The, the chair door. near the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Leslie, she's still trying to be sweet. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Ed, Eddie storms off at lunch. And they're being really jerky to him. Now they're calling him Aquaman, which was one of my favorite super friends. Oh, um, but I love the part where he walks up to Tim and he just kind of like puts the tray right on him, man. Oh, yeah. Like he is not taking any more of their crap. I anymore. wish I could have done that in, in like junior high and high school, man. I wish I had the balls to do that. So. I don't know if I've ever told you this, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get a lot. <laughs> it's almost like when like i remember there was an episode of uh so notorious with tori spelling and they were going to have a birthday party for her child but they accidentally booked two chimpanzees at the same time <laughs> and they had to make sure that they couldn't see each other because they would fight oh wow <laughs> but i'm that way with marks like i don't get along with other marks and it will be like it's weird because even before i know they're a mark i'm like i don't like that guy and i'll find out his name's mark <laughs> so in high school there was one other mark and he was like he had like little guy syndrome and he was like not heavy but like beefy but he was short but he was as wide as he was short but it was all muscle and i had made like a comment to him and he was waiting to like beat me up after school so I'm no idiot. I didn't go out the normal way. I like booked it to my dad's truck knowing he was going to hit me. Well, my best friend um, said something to him and he got the wrath of it. And he like broke my friend's nose right there on the spot. And I felt really bad because I'm like, that was that was meant for me. Like that whooping you took was totally supposed to be for me. So we ended up taking my best friend like uh home to his mom and everything and like i never did tell him like anything that i just told you right now but yeah holy yeah, that, crap man you like totally got a beaten because of what i had said earlier but yeah see i was really bad and this will surprise everyone um i can't keep my mouth shut and things will come out of my mouth way before my mind has had a chance to process it and say you shouldn't say that <laughs> and so like he had said something and i just like gave it right back to him and then afterwards i was like oh shit i shouldn't have said that oh yeah, yeah he, oh and he like gave me the stink eye all day into that thing where you like punch your fist into your hand every time yeah, you saw me yeah. thinking, oh shit i'm getting out of here as fast as i can because mama didn't raise an idiot <laughs> she wrote she raised someone who couldn't keep his mouth shut but she did not raise an idiot <laughs> anyway okay yeah so basically what eddie has done and he is he's like set up this like really elaborate scheme to basically get uh Ted and or Tim and the other like cool kids to chase him through the school and end up basically thinking that he has run into the teacher's lounge but being so mad that they don't really think it through mm -hmm. and they grab a fire extinguisher and they jump in and he sprays all the teachers and yells, die, you suckers, which gets them into trouble. 
Yeah, I didn't even realize how elaborate that plan was until finally seeing it come to fruition. And I was like, holy crap, that was amazing. And you had to bank on a lot of things falling into place. Right, you did. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, back home, though, this is where the album again starts talking more and more back to Eddie. Oh, right. Yeah. Nail them, nail them all. Yeah. And then um, he's kind of explaining this to Roger and Roger's like, no, this is not, this is just something that the ad execs came up, you know, with the whole backwards masking is just a way to make you like screw up your records. So you'll buy more of them. Hello. Yep. I'm still here. I was just okay, listening. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, he's falling asleep again. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so that evening, Eddie decides to duplicate or copy the vinyl onto cassette. Yeah, but unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, <clears throat> and he starts thinking, you know, maybe I am nuts. And then, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> but then Sammy on the thing responds, it's all part of the plan. And it starts to spin on its own. And then it gets nail them all. And it says like revenge. And then his mom interrupts it. And his mom is played by, I just got to talk about her really quick, Elaine Joyce. So Elaine Joyce did like a ton of musicals uncredited in the 60s. She did West Side Story, The Music Man, Bye Bye Birdie, and Funny Girl. And then jump to 1980, and she did one of my favorite horror movies of all time. She was in Motel Hell. I love that movie. Have you seen Motel Hell? No. I, I think you've talked about it a couple of times. Oh, that was the first Fangoria that my parents ever bought me. And the cover has <laughs> a man with a giant bloody pig's head on it and a chainsaw. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you won't let me see this movie, but you'll buy this magazine with that on the cover and you're just fine with this. So I can look at it. Yeah, right. Yeah. The disconnect was so unbelievable. <laughs> um, but she's there. And so she kind of, you know, interrupts with its bedtime and, you know, cause it's 11 PM and it kind of causes everything to stop. <laughs> oh yeah. That's great. And now this is why I don't think it's the garage because when they cut to her scenes, there's other doors behind her and there's a hallway. Ah, uh, you make a good point. It just looks so big that it, it doesn't look like it's. Oh yeah. It's gigantic. House. Yeah, it is gigantic, but that's just why I think it's, it's part of the house. Yeah. Maybe they've but got now, like a really big house and that's like a, a wing of the house or something. Yeah, because if it was the attic, you wouldn't see that either. Right. You wouldn't. No, because it kind of looks like a loft almost. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's a portal to another dimension. <laughs> it's a, there's a TARDIS there. <laughs> I like where this is going. Um, so um, Eddie's trying to continue, but the only thing it will do it just keeps repeating 66 crush. That's all it'll say. Oh yeah. And I was, I thought it was going to say six, 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 but it didn't, unfortunately. No, I actually wrote that in my notes. And I'm like, no, wait, it just said six, six crush. Uh, because that's the room number that he goes to. And it looks like it's like a shop class basically. Yeah. But it's, it's a empty. machine shop. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I did not have that in my school. Did you have that? Oh yeah, we did. Did you? Yeah, we didn't have that. We had um, priestly stuff. I and, don't know. What, oh we well, a, a yeah. You, you, I don't think you would have that. We had the we had the full Monty there. I mean, the the shop teacher was missing a couple of fingers. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, don't be like me, kids. Uh, don't get your uh, don't don't wear rings when you're running a lathe and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was just like, yeah, I don't want to lose my fingers, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Good Lord. That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, now I can think of it. Don't, don't wear cock rings. <laughs> I'm sorry I drug us down that far. I'm just going to move on. Okay, so he's in there eating. He's got his Walkman with his tape and his lunch. And did you notice he had a real Twinkie? No, but I did notice the oh. alternative tentacles shirt he was wearing. Oh, did you? No, I just noticed the Twinkie because I'm like, the Twinkies they have now are not the real Twinkies. I wanted to go back and eat that Twinkie from him. Oh, yeah. Those Twinkies are garbage. Mm-hmm. But were you yeah. a fan of Dead Kennedys back in the uh, day? No, that was a little too punk for Mark. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I saw that shirt, I kind of geeked out. I was like, holy shit, that's a real alternative tentacles t-shirt. And it's like, to me, you kind of sound like Jello Biafra. And... It's like I love talking to you because it's like I'm talking to Jello in a way. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, so were you a big Dead Kennedys fan back then? Oh yeah, as a skater kid coming up, it was just like Dead Kennedys, Sex Pistols, Misfits. You know that all that whole shebang right there, just like punk rock all the way. Now, I think you and I have talked about this. And I, I wonder, like, I probably need to, like, lay on a couch and talk to a psychiatrist about this. But I'm way, way, way more drawn to musical acts with female singers than male singers. Okay. So, like, my, like, kind of punk experience was way more like Susan the Banshees, uh, Bow Wow Wow, that kind of thing. Like, Lenny, Lenny Lovich, uh, the Plasmatics. Mm-hmm. Way more that bent than like the angry men. Okay, <laughs> I could get behind like a gothy gal, a, a gothy gal, quicker than I could like a a, a hateful guy with safety pins in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it just spoke to my teen angst and just feeling like an outcast. And it's like, well, if I'm if I'm gonna feel like one, I might as well be one and you know, fuck the system and all this mm-hmm. other shit. So it, yeah, I think it, it really, that's why I latched on to that kind of thing because it felt and, like that attitude. I had that attitude within me. And I had the teen angst, but it was more the teen angst of, I, I'm attracted to the same sex. So I don't fit in that way. Mm-hmm. So like the, Oh God. So like the, Oh my God, this is so weird. So like the, like almost like the, cause like the, the men, if they were singing any songs, they would be more about like women again. Whereas if a woman was singing a song, it would be more about like her relationship with a man more or less. Mm-hmm. So it would almost make more sense for me to relate in a weird way that way. Oh. Because I would be, 
thinking more of a relationship with a guy than a relationship with a female. Yeah. But even with uh, like the punk rock where it was more like angry about, you know, politics and things like that, or in the case of the misfits, it's like horror based stuff. Yeah. Or the cramps. Yeah. The cramps. Oh, I love the cramps. Mm -hmm. Can't forget about those. Oh, I also liked X. I did like X. I don't. Were you an X fan? I don't think I've heard them. Holy cow. I think you you should listen. We'll stop right here. I'm going to have to check them out. Yeah. Yeah. You'll like X. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, wow. This, this takes us down memory lane. If anyone is still listening, thank you so much, whoever you are out there. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for um, putting up with us. Yeah. Thank you. But so uh, Tim and his like lackey that is always hanging out with them they show up and they're all pissed off because they had janitorial detail because of the little stunt that they were involved in the day before. So they like flip the desk that Eddie's sitting in and he lands on the floor. And then Tim's like, Oh, did headbanger bang his head? And they throw him like taught, like not, he like skids like and hits his head on the wall really hard. And then Tim starts throwing wrenches at him, like hurling them at him. Yeah. And I'm like, this is deadly. Like, I do not like violence like that. Like, like in the setting of like a school thing, like where it could be real, like that really like makes me tense. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, I hate that. Um, But so this like drill machine starts. And of course, Tim has like a tie on and it catches his tie and starts pulling, it like pulls his head down and the drills like going towards his eye. And, yeah. and his buddy's just standing there like a moron. And then. Oh, his buddy some... can't move because doesn't the thing short out and spout blue electricity? So he. Oh, like... blue. That's right. Because this movie is chock full of blue electricity. <laughs> it's blue. It's the force. It's man. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, But now Ed turns the machine off, which I'm like, I'm so sorry. After all that. No, 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 no. I would not have turned that machine. I would have gone like full carry at the prom on the guy. Holy shit. Um, yeah, but the last minute he does. Um, and then the tape, you hear it's still playing 6-6 six, six Crush on the tape he was listening to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he books it out of there, Eddie books it out of there, and he's in his car, and he's playing the tape, and he's just running red light after red, red light. <laughs> oh. Um, I, now, did you have a tape player in your car? Um, I did not get my license or have a vehicle until I was, well, I didn't have a vehicle until I was in my twenties, but I got my license at 19. Okay. So, um, I did, I had a car, but we didn't use it because at that time I didn't drive. So I bought it from my brother-in-law for like $5. Oh, that's great. And me and my best friend used to sit in it and listen to like rap music and heavy metal and smoke cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. (laughs) You were the cool kid. I would probably have been afraid of you. I'll be honest with you. I think you would have scared the heck out of me. Um, I would have just drove by really fast listening to Madonna. Um, (laughs) um, So now we uh, just real quick. The reason I asked that is because there was a time when CDs got big and you could buy, it was like a cassette, but it was hooked to a CD player and you would put it in the cassette player 
and it would power the CD player and it would play the CD through your car. Ooh, I've seen those adapters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were super cool. Um, I would rock out some Fleetwood Mac on that thing. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so his poor mom, she's in his room and she's putting away his laundry and she just looks so overwhelmed with everything. She's found that little spiky bracelet and everything and all the metal albums. And, and can, the I stereo- just, can I just oh, cool. stop you right there? Yeah. Um, was your mom doing your laundry when you were in high school? I had to, I had a stool that I had to stand on because I was not tall enough to get to the laundry machine. Uh, my parents plumped me up so I would not be kidnapped because I was their indentured <laughs> servant. I did everything yeah. at that house. Yeah. I refused. No, my mom was not doing laundry. I did, uh, like, I'm not lying. I did all the laundry in grade school. Like I remember I, I had a little thing I had to stand on to get to the washing machine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, no, yeah. I did like, I had chores. Like my mom, <laughs> little Mark did work. Little let's Mark get, worked. <laughs> he worked let, let's fat, not get confused. He worked his fat butt off. Yeah, he did. He didn't work the fat off, but he did work. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I like, I had to vacuum. I dusted. My mom was a stickler. Like once a month I would have to, uh, like get a, uh, a bucket of water, like a uh, with detergent in it, um, and wipe down the baseboards of the house. Oh my God, I did a lot of work. Windows, I did. Mark did windows. Yeah, and here mow the lawn. Here I am, just talking about laundry, but I refused to let anyone touch my laundry. I think at age eleven or twelve, it was like I'm doing my own wash. <laughs> you know, you will not touch my clothes. Oh yeah, no, I did. I did. I really did. And I'm not bragging. I just that's. And I'm an only child. So it was like, I, I did it. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. And so it was like something to see, like, a, am guessing like 14 or 15 year old he's playing and his mom is doing his laundry. I'd be like, mom, you're not touching my clothes. <laughs> I'm doing it myself. I mean, I've got, I've got socks in there, you know, <laughs> you know where this is going. <laughs> I totally know where this is going. Exactly. Yeah. No, I did all the laundry it, yeah. and it wasn't, because of anything like that, it was just like, that's the way it was going to be. I mean, my mom was like, these are what you're going to do and what you did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Responsibility and all that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, you know, what Joy said you did. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mess with Joy. <laughs> um, um, so I'm sorry. So anyway, so like, yeah, the music just starts and like, it, you know, it's like freaking her out and, uh, yeah, and she, she can't, can't turn stop. it off. No, uh-uh. And then um, all of a sudden, like, Eddie's kind of, like, back behind her, and uh, she just kind of, like, gives him this look and kind of books it out of there because she's freaked out. Yeah, it's uh, like that, that goddamn devil music. I know, exactly. It's everywhere you want to be. Um, <laughs> so now Eddie's rearranging his speakers. He's got his lit candles. He starts his album. And he's adjusting, he's like messing with all the speaker system uh, settings and everything on the stereo. And the record starts to spin faster and faster and faster. And the cassette player pops open and he's got this like a weird, like dark tape. It's not like a normal looking tape. Yeah, it's all black. Yeah, yeah. It's the devil's tape. It's the devil's tape. (laughs) Um, And then um, he's at school and there's that DJ voiceover. And there's a note and it says that Tim's, uh, oh, it's, it's a note for Tim 
and it's like a peace offering from Eddie with a cassette. Yeah, he well, he made them. It, it's like remember when you, in the eighties when you used to make like uh, mixtapes for like people that you were into or whatever. Yeah, no, um, you totally did. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, Eddie made a, a love mixtape for tim <laughs> oh yeah he sure did didn't he <laughs> um and then i like the scene because it's got like roger like just basically looking up that cheerleader's skirt while she's hanging up the picture i didn't see that on the ladder yeah she's up on the ladder hanging up a picture and roger's just like standing there staring up her skirt oh wow um, did they yeah. cut that from my version of the movie because i i just like saw the you know, uh, um, not Eddie. Tim gets the tape, opens it up, and you know, reads the note, and then he crumbles the note, and like it cuts to the next scene. There was nothing, no really? Roger. Like, and, yeah. there's, and there's another thing where like uh, Eddie's still like being awful to Leslie. Um, like she says something, he's still like blowing her off. Oh yeah, yeah. I there's still that there. Yeah. So now it's dusk, and we see the parked car, and it's Tim's car, and he's in there with Jeannie. And uh, he's got to he's got to go uh, pee. Yeah. Well, but, at first I thought like he was like, I'm just not into you. I got to go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And like. I don't know about you, but. The action stays on the car. And I'm like, I want to see him pee. <laughs> but oh no, we're still with Jeannie in the car. Because um, that's where, that's where the, uh, I'm guessing like Sammy Kerr, AKA Slimer. Right. Because yeah, we, definite green Ghostbusters green thing going on there, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, And she's uh, not in a bad way, but it was kind of cheesy. Did you not think it was super cheesy? Okay, not I don't. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It, it's not bad. Cheesy's not bad, but it was kind of cheesy. It, it was um, weird, first of all, because we don't know the. Okay, well, we one thing we didn't know the plan. From this point, we've been taking cues from like, okay, Sammy speaks through the record. He's like, this is what you do next. But when it came to the tape, it didn't really like give any instructions but I'm assuming that the instructions were give this to Tim. Um, right. And so basically we, I guess, I guess we got to set this up. So yeah. So Tim uh, is out there peeing, I guess I wasn't privy to seeing it. Um, <laughs> and then Gina or Jeannie is inside waiting for him. Yeah. And she decides to, she gets bored. Mm -hmm. So she finds the Walkman or she, it's her Walkman or something. And she finds I would think tape. it was his probably because the cassette was already in it. Oh, it was. Okay. I, I thought in she my mind the it was Tim's. In, there. in my mind it was Tim's. I don't know. I just think it was Tim's because it was his car. I All don't right. know. Whatever. Yeah, it probably but, was. Yeah. But yeah, so she yeah, so she pops the thing in and then places it on her ears. Yep. And for some maybe they were trying to sell those headphones because we got a really long shot of the name of those headphones. Yes. Nova yeah. 45. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that. In my mind, there's always is a Walkman. It's a Sony product. That's what I always had. I just Sony Walkman. Yeah, or I had Radio Shack headphones too. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. We got a really long shot of the Nova 45, and I was like, is this important? Like, I wonder if it was fake. You know how they do that in movies sometimes where it's not a real company, so I don't have to pay like or get the rights to clear it? Oh, yeah. But I'm thinking not fake because of what happened with the Pepsi can. 
So maybe well, they yeah. maybe they were getting uh, kickbacks from like the uh, certain companies. Yeah. Now, just real quick, I hated the headphones with the sponge on there. Like I like the Sony ones that fit in your ears. Oh yeah, um, the headphones yeah, I, with the sponge because your sweat uh, would get on them, and it, yeah, I it did was not just, like that at all. Yeah, they they were not fun. No, but anyway, that's what she's put on her ears. And uh, then uh, I'm assuming it's Sammy, <laughs> anyway, because well, now okay, real quick, I liked because it was almost like choral sounds, like a like more like church music choiry kind of things. It wasn't necessarily like yeah, that wasn't, metal to begin with. Yeah, it, it was like meditation music, I think. Yeah, I, I like that. The, yeah, I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. But I guess it was so um, whoever listens to it kind of, it ter- it becomes whatever, maybe like the whole life force thing, it becomes their ideal. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm getting even more mad. Keep going. I'm getting very irate. Keep going. Keep Why? going. <laughs> well, because of what? Tra- no, I'm getting so mad. Okay, so keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, she's being seduced by a green mist, and uh, we get boobs again. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then uh, it's going um down south a like, little bit more. Yeah, she's like caressing herself, almost like she's orgasmic. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, apparently this thing has got game. Right. Um, She opens her eyes and there is a, I do not even know what the hell that thing is. Is that the it's goblin like a, that appeared on his uh, tattoo? Oh, I wonder. I didn't think about that just now. It kind of reminds me of the, like, the, uh, the creatures from Ghostbusters in a weird way. Yeah, or something from uh, Labyrinth. Oh, yes. I could totally see that, too. It's, but it's got a gigantically long tongue. Yeah. It's just like I the first thing I thought of was, oh, is that his goblin tattoo? Be- that really bad goblin. <laughs> I bet you it is. OK, but so I'm mad because, OK, let's let's back this up. <laughs> OK. <laughs> if. This is what happens to the listener. Why didn't she have to pee? Tim put this on. His clothes come off. Oh, I don't like this movie anymore now. Guy nipples. Well, I'm thinking further down. Oh, Um, yeah, they wouldn't show that because they didn't even show that on the girl. Whatever. So. Unless you're talking about the the ultra secret director's cut. The Verhoeven cut. Yeah. Um, so there's all this commotion, and then Tim rushes back to find Jenny with the headphones like melted to her head, and she's dead. But she's not dead. She was in the hospital, right? Oh, you're right. You're right. I wrote that down because I didn't get to the. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She's not dead. She's in the hospital. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I but totally, he knows it's Eddie. Yeah, I thought she was dead, but then we come to find out that he's he says, "Oh, she's in the hospital. Something mm-hmm. like yes." Yeah, but the the whole I remember being in the movie theater and when the thing melted to her ear, I was like I'm never putting my headphones on again. <laughs> really? <laughs> so that's that's where you went with this, not that oh, I just saw this weird sex scene next to my mom. Well, I, I definitely felt uncomfortable about that, especially like seeing boobs on the screen. <laughs> it's like I'm not I'm not alone. 
(laughs) (laughs) So there was that. But then like after the whole thing played out and we find the headphones melted to her ear or her ear melted off completely. I'm not sure which. I was like, I don't think I want to put headphones on my ears now. I've got to admit, though, I'm sure I'm not I'm I'm bad for this. But. I thought, good for you, Jeannie, because you deserve this because you're just a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, she's just so horrible. She's just as bad as the guys who are bullying him. Well, I would not want this to happen to Tim. Oh, wow. (laughs) But she deserves it. Tim doesn't deserve this. Not that. Like if maybe he would like get a paper cut, that would, you know, I'm like, okay, let's not get crazy with Tim. Oh, (laughs) he would have had the headphones melt as something else off. Now you're just being cruel. (laughs) So, um, oh, okay. So now we are at Eddie's home. And his mom is in her bedroom doing exercises, listening. Well, the TV's playing. I don't think she's really paying attention to it, but she's doing her exercises. And this is where um, Reverend Aaron Gilstrom, Ozzy Osbourne, is talking about like the song, Do It Like a Dog. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wonder, is that a real song? I I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, But now Ozzy, He's done his fair share of movies as well, too. He did, he was, a lot of them, he's just himself or like iterations of it. But he did, did you ever see Private Parts? The, um, oh, the Howard Stern? Yeah, from 97. Mm -hmm. Now I've got this, I'm going on this tangent and you can't stop me. You go. When I talk, when I talk about the movie Private Parts, I'm talking about the one from 1972 that was directed by Paul Bartell. It's a great little un, untalked about horror movie, um, but it's finally getting released to Blu-ray from Scream Factory. It's supposed to come out June 6th, and I recommend everybody watch that because it's really good. Um, but that's my private parts, not the Howard Stern one. Um, he was also in Little Nicky um, from uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, yes, I remember that. This one I had to read like 50 times to make sure I was reading this right. So the movie Moulin Rouge, I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. But there's a green fairy in it, like think Tinkerbell and Kylie Minogue. Do you know who Kylie Minogue is? She's a singer. Just barely. Okay. Well, she plays the green fairy in it, which I knew that, but he did the voice of the green fairy. So what which is I'm like, like is, what? Is she like the absinthe fairy or something? Because when yes, I think green fairy, he, I think of absinthe. Yes, exactly. She's a yes, exactly. But he did the voice of the Green Fairy, which I'm like, I got to go back and see that because I don't remember that. Um, and then he was an Austin Powers gold member. Oh, yeah, um, he was. OK. And then he yeah. And then he was in the, the not the latest Ghostbusters, but the one from 2016 with the female cast. Excuse me. Ooh, ooh, I got to throw up. Now, see, I like that. That's one of my favorite Ghostbusters. No, I like the original Ghostbusters, man. I'm see, I gotta go back to the girls. I'm way more about there's something about women that I like. I'm I'm jiving <laughs> with the women. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so that's Ozzy's career. But anyway, he's so very funny because 
number one, they should have subtitled him because he's so hard to understand what he's saying in this movie. <laughs> yes, he is. And it's not the accent. I think that's just the way that he talks. Oh, yeah. No, I, it's very much just the way he talks. Um, but you hear that car screech outside and it's Tim and he's yelling for um, for Eddie, for Weinbauer to come downstairs. And Eddie goes down there and there's those jack-o'-lanterns on the porch, like kind of bookmark or uh, was it? Not, is it book, bookending book, it yeah, on either book side? Ending, yeah. Yeah. And, he, and this is where we find out that Jeannie's in the hospital and um, Tim kind of gets closer, but the flames and the jack-o'-lanterns like rise up. Oh yeah. And he puts up his hand like he's a user of the yeah. force now. <laughs> oh yeah. It's great. Great. <laughs> and like now finally it's like, Eddie's kind of cluing in. He's got this power and Tim just like retreats. Yeah. He's um, like, stay away from me. Yeah. And mom's like, what's going on? And it's like, oh, he's just a friend. And I'm like, no, he's not. Um, so Ed's totally realized now he can communicate with uh, Sammy via the turntable. Mm-hmm. So he drops the needle down. He's asking like, you know, what happened to, to Jeannie? And Sammy's like, we're going to kill them all. And Ed's starting to freak out he's about like, this. I didn't, he doesn't really, I didn't sign up for this here. Yeah. He's not cool with yeah killing everybody. But then when he brings up Leslie, that's really where he starts to like take, gets taken aback with, no, we're not doing this at all. And then he starts to talk about his mom. Who's like very sweet. I, you don't want to kill mom. Right. Um, but then mom's outside and then Sammy, the album starts to mimic Ed's voice telling her to come in. And Eddie's like, don't come in. And she's like torn with what to do. <laughs> yep. And then, yeah, she's out. And then she's like outside the door saying like, Tim's dad's on the phone. <laughs> and like, what I don't get is why didn't Eddie just immediately leave the room and talk to his mom in the hallway. If he was so worried about having her not come in the room, it's like, you can easily solve that problem by opening the door and talking to your mom in the hall. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Well, but of course, so teenagers is, don't yeah. think like that. I'm not um, right but now. He, I'm doing something. Oh, right. But, but he does peek peek through the door enough so she can see he's got a fever, and he tells her he wants aspirin and soup. <laughs> yeah, just get away from the room. Get right, away from right. The door. But back in the room, he pulls the plug and it doesn't really do anything at all because the room starts to like basically have a mini earthquake inside of it. And the stereo has a life of its own. And uh, this is where the LP just melts. Yep. And And um, well, this is where the Pepsi gets poured onto the record and uh, things are going a little crazy. Mm hmm. And, and you get the speaker with the the, the veins kind of like running through it and, and blue bolts everywhere. Yeah, didn't the hands? Uh, oh no, not the hands. The face. Yeah, the, the face. No, pressed you're right. Against the it. fingers press, and the, and then like Sammy's face kind of stretches through. It was very much like um, uh, Fred Krueger in the first Nightmare on Elm Street above yes. like Helen Camp's yes. bed. Yeah, uh huh. Where I think they did it, the rubber wall for that or some or latex on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's a cool effect. Yes. Um. Pretty yeah, cool. and it gets really quiet and it gets kind of dark and there's a little hamster. I thought the uh, hamster was going to die. I was like, no, don't kill the no. hamster. Now, this is, again, tangent. Did you ever see The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane? No. That's the worst movie for hamster trauma ever. Then I definitely will not watch that. No, it's so sad. Um, again, another 70s horror movie that I love. Um, it's got Jodie Foster in it. <clears throat> oh, and creepy... Martin Sheen is in it too. Boy, he's like 
uber creepy in it. <laughs> anyway, I'm back. Um, so, and I wrote down in my notes that there's that blast and there's blue bolts and then Sammy's back literally because he's like standing in the room with his back towards Eddie. Yeah. And he's a little crispy. Oh uh, yeah. On that one side, like he <laughs> fell asleep on a griddle and someone forgot to flip him. And as soon as um, he turned around and you saw his face, all I saw was Treat Williams in Dead Heat. Oh, if only like, this could have been Treat Williams. I would have been all over this. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. We never talked about Sammy. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I wanted oh. to talk about this. Oh, um, we'll do that now. Is that OK? Because technically this is the first like time we see him. Yeah, this is the first introduction to sure, basically sure. the Sammy Kerr in the flesh. He's played by Tony Fields, who mm-hmm. is... Not alive anymore. He he died February twenty seventh in nineteen ninety five. Um, I actually didn't know that part. That's sad. Yeah. Oh, God but, rest his soul. Yeah, he was. Uh, from what I got here, um, well, I'll do the first four. He was in a chorus line in nineteen eighty five, which da- I love. Dance Academy, which I never even heard of in nineteen eighty eight. Uh, summer school in 1987 and then trick or treat in 86. Um, and that's all I've got for, I'm sure he did more than that though, but he, yeah, he's I, basically a dancer. Yes. Well, he started as a gymnast and then kind of segued into dancing. Yeah. Um, now he was also in thriller, the Michael Jackson video is an uncredited zombie. Ooh. And he was in captain EO, the Michael Jackson movie that played at Disney world land never even um, heard of that one yeah it was like a space thing um now uh, i'm gonna do the one and then do the other he did an episode of monsters from 90 which i still say you would love that show and are you ready for this i'm ready one episode one episode of werewolf from 88 oh that's right i was gonna bring that up because <laughs> it's like that that show keeps coming up and it's like the universe I is know. trying to tell us to watch it, but yet we can't I get know. our grubby little mitts on it. <laughs> we so need to see this show. We do. But Cause yeah. I saw it as a kid, but I don't remember it. Now me, I, you can, I think you can tell he's like trained as a dancer, the way he moves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could tell that. Um, more coming up later than this part, but yeah. So he makes his appearance there and everything. Um, and then we've got uh, Ozzy's on TV still talking. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy just kind of takes care of him. He like wipes the screen hero. with his hand. Yeah. 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 Um, and then mom's at the door with the soup. Uh, and then that's when like Sammy just zaps into the speaker. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, and, isn't that when he starts bashing the stereo oh, system? Yeah. He goes ballistic with that baseball bat. <laughs> it was like, isn't it, isn't it good that like you're so affluent apparently that you can just destroy your stereo system and your mom asks you what's wrong with it? Oh, I needed a new one. Yeah. My, okay. So my stereo was like my lifeline. Like I would have died without a stereo. I got my stereo for my eighth grade graduation and I guessed I think it was a Panasonic one. I think my parents like chunked out some really good money because it like lasted for like I had that thing up until like oh until I was like married. 
like the first time. Like it, it I mean, it was a good stereo. I love that thing. Like, oh, I believe it. I, like things. Back I lived then, for my stereo. Yeah, yeah I lived for. They that were thing. made to last. Like me, um, I got my first uh, cassette and radio at the age of ten. Uh, well, on my birthday, yeah. To Tears for Fears, songs from the Big Chair, and Duran Duran Arena. And my little oh, wow. box. And so I used to carry that around with me and just play like Duran Duran and Tears for Fears like all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was my first thing. And then like I would make my own not mixtapes, but I would make shows with my boombox. Like I would buy blank tapes and record like goofy skits on them and everything. Oh, OK. So it's like if I'm not playing music, then I'm doing other like creative things with the boombox. That's cool. Now, Fat Mark would record uh, Solid Gold. Do you know what Solid Gold is? The what, TV that, show? Yeah, the TV show. Yeah. I would record that and roller skate around in my basement to it. <laughs> <laughs> I was never much of a roller skater. Oh, my God, Rob. I lived to roller skate. <laughs> I loved to roller skate. We would do that in um, like seventh and eighth grade. Uh, my dad would take us. Uh, and we would roller skate. Oh my God. Yeah. It was me and, um, Jim and Mike and, um, Jackie, Jack, I told you, Jackie, she's the one, her brother, we told, uh, was, uh, the exorcist was in the toilet. That was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> okay. And, yeah. <laughs> then, and then Angie, and we would all go roller skate. We go to pizza first and then we go to, um, I think it was called Rollercade, and we would just roller skate endlessly. Oh my oh, God. Wow. Yeah. In my size 40 Calvin Klein jeans that were unwashed because I didn't want the blue to fade. <laughs> so what were you wiping like pizza grease on them and everything? <laughs> no, no, like nothing would touch my Calvin Klein jeans. No, 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 no. I, in my mind, they were like the coolest things ever because Brooke Shields had a pair. So, okay. yeah, <laughs> I was such a dork. Thank God I'm no longer a dork. Okay. Um, <laughs> I won't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> There's just crickets. We're all mad um, here. Yeah. Uh, so now um, Eddie gives Roger a call because he's been grounded, but he wants that tape back from Tim's car. Yeah, because it's evil. Yeah. Now, God bless Roger. Everyone needs a best friend like Roger. Because he was just, he would do it. Like, he's, okay, I'll do this. So he, he breaks into Tim's car with that hanger. But he, he doesn't need tape. to because the door was already unlocked. <laughs> I was like, that's that seems like something I would do, like break into an unlocked vehicle. So one time, uh, I think it was over Easter vacation, we would go down to my my grandparents in the country, my mom's side and my cousins and I, we were all around the same age. Um, and we were playing hide and seek and we <laughs> grabbed my one cousin, Melinda, who has now kids of her own. And we threw her in the backseat of the car and locked the door and slammed it. And she proceeded <laughs> to bang on the window and start screaming and crying. Let me out. Let me out. And oh, we're like, I think um, you were telling me this one. Yeah. It was like, how does somebody get locked inside of something? Yeah. Right. We're like, um, you have the power here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so he does get the tape. 
Um, and and Eddie's like, you 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 got to destroy it. Well, yeah, promise reason, me that you're not going to listen to the tape. Well, so of course Roger is like, I destroyed it, but no, he didn't destroy the tape at all. He plays it, and uh, <sighs> Sammy shows up in his living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Now. Oh, we got to talk about um the the PTA lady he pulled from the TV. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so because he's making like he's making a milkshake, which I don't know about you, but like I was addicted to milkshakes. Oh, like the quick, the Nestle quick, and um, yeah, I I never added peanut butter, but I added chocolate. Oh no, uh -uh. yeah, no, I never did that, but yeah, I love making milkshakes. So that's what Roger's up to. Yeah, when like. All of a sudden, like the electricity goes all janky on him and everything. Yeah, and then like the milkshake just splatters everywhere, like it just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the TV kicks on, and again, it's it's Mrs. Uh, Cavell, our uh, teacher of thirty years, the one who banned Sammy from playing at the school. Yes, and go ahead. <laughs> uh, so he grabs her, like he reaches into the television and grabs her by the throat and like pulls yeah. her through the TV, <laughs> which she then becomes like, it almost looks like the stuff you'd find in a vacuum bag. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, after, like, yeah, after corpse you, dust. Yeah. <laughs> so he just tosses her to the floor and Roger, like, I would have booked it out of there, man. Props to Roger for sticking around. Yeah. Yeah, Roger. Roger's a pretty like uh, even keel kind of guy. I think he's just gonna vacuum her up, <laughs> <laughs> vacuuming up a dead body. Oh, Got to clean it before mom comes home. Right, right. And then so it's in the evening, and we all know that Ed has been um, grounded. He cannot go out, but his mother is going to go out with her boyfriend, who is dressed as Rambo, who and is a total dork. Total dork. Yeah, she deserves better. I really like his mom. She yeah. seems very sweet. She definitely um, doesn't deserve that guy dressed as Rambo. That's for no, sure. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I'd rather see her with Rambo, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, um, they drew first blood, not me. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Ed has been relegated to staying home and handing out candy. So we're at the school dance and Roger shows up with the tape. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's got the tape. He's getting ready to put it in. And we hear Judas. Oh, yes. And I was like, she, th wait a minute. And then she's like, no, she's talking about Judas Priest. Oh, okay. yeah. But I do like that play on like Judas Iscariot. Um, yeah. And it's Leslie, of course. And she's like, are you going to play Judas Priest? Uh, but she's looking for Eddie. Oh, wait, we got to go back a moment. Um, before, the, before the dance starts. Um, Sammy gives Roger an ultimatum. Basically, he's like, "Play the tape or die." Are you there? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah, he's so like, he's "You can," because Roger doesn't want to do it. But he's like, "If you don't play the tape on at the dance, then I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill everybody else." Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So. Ed's at home. He's listened to the radio. It's not the kind of music he listens to ever. The phone's ringing. The doorbell's ringing. On the phone, it's Leslie. She's wondering if he's coming to the party, but he gives her the excuse he can't because he's got, um, what is it, herpes simplex five? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, he's got space herpes. 
but then behind, like in the background, he hears Sammy's music. Yeah, he hit the, and he, that backwards song, right? Yeah, and he freaks out. Um, so there's that little girl, and he just dumps all the candy into the thing, and he like gets in the car and goes to take off. Um, and on in the car, Sammy's on the tape. Oh, and he's like, where he's are you like, going? Going to the man. party. Yeah. <laughs> going to a party. I don't think so. And the car just takes off on its own, almost hits that like ghost guy on the bike. Yeah, like, it's chasing the ghost guy. <laughs> yeah. He has to go off the little bridge. Yeah. And like that part right there, it was like, um, is this car related to Christine? Ooh, like, good callback. You know, Sammy, uh, Sammy, so Sammy possessed Ragman's car, but like what spirit possessed Christine? This would be Kirstein. Kirstein. Yeah, shit. Hey, that's good. I like that. Thank you. Nice here all week. Well played, mm-hmm. sir. So we get the cars like driving very erratically. It gets its like it goes underneath that. Was it like a semi, a park semi? But like gets the top torn off and yeah, now it's like and a the, blaze with fire. Right. And I was like, how the hell did the back get on fire? Oh, wait, now I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it drives to this like bridge that's not like down all the way and almost goes off of it. Mm-hmm. But luckily Eddie gets out just in time and he destroys the tape and runs back into town and pay attention to that bridge folks. Cause it's going to come into play later on. Yes, it will. Was that foreshadowing? Yep. Or is it the shadow of a foreskin? Uh, anyway, for, I'll get foreskinning confused. maybe For the force, the foreskinning. <laughs> um, the foreskin awakens. I need to stop. Okay. So now we're at school <laughs> and um, the teacher's like, well, that was fun. Wasn't it? And the crowd's like all like turning on Roger and um, the kickers take the stage. Ah, yes. The kickers. And nobody's really happy about that. No, but I have a question for you. The lead singer of the kickers. Mm-hmm. Is that Tony Fields? You know, it kind of looked like it. I think it might have been, which would be really cool because the the lead singer gets, so he's by the speaker and Sammy Kerr's hand reaches out and grabs his face and like pulls him in. Yep, pulls him in. And see, he's not credited as being that in, um, in the kickers, perhaps, mm-hmm. but it did kind of look like him. I wonder. That would be really cool if they did do that because you get to see him without his makeup just very briefly, which yeah. would be really cool. And then I he, think. like Sammy Kerr comes through and it's like. Yep, takes center stage. Yeah. Yep. And he's and then, uh, just staring at everybody. And then he starts beating his uh, meat. I mean, beating his hand <laughs> against against his leg. Yeah. yeah, his thigh. He's like keeping rhythm with something with his thigh. Mm-hmm. And like the crowd joins in. And then the dr- the drummer and then the two guitars join in everything. And then Sammy starts to sing and the kids are like loving it. Yeah. And you can like, this is the part where you could tell he's uh, been a, like a professional dancer or. um Yes. Like a yeah. gymnast or something, because he, he just kind of like floats around the stage. Mm-hmm. And then like Roger's like up on this. I say this already. I'm sorry, but he's like watching from the stairs and everything. And he's like a hit with the crowd. And that one girl's like, he's better than the real Sammy. Um, (laughs) And then Tim's like over it. He's had enough and he leaves. Oh yeah. And he, well, he Um, fall, he looks for Leslie. Yeah. We're not there yet, but yes, you're right. You're right. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry. um, Because we get uh, Sammy's guitar solo. 
Right, the one that uh, yeah. it's got little blue lightning bolts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's and he's he starts zapping the kids, and they all freak <laughs> out. Um, and, and didn't that this, remind you of like uh, Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds, where the laser beams were shooting people, and all that was left was their clothing? <laughs> yes, exactly. And then I put down that I want him to play all of my school's dances. Um, and then oh, he shit. turns to like blast the drummer, and that's when the other two band members just like run. Yeah, they book it out of there. Yeah. Um, and then he's still going on with his killer solo. Uh, and then he like, he ends up on top of the, the backboard of the basket. Yeah. He was doing some crazy acrobatic stuff. Yeah. 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 And he like swings off and now, now we're in the girl's locker room, which is what you were going to say. Okay. Yeah. See, I was, again, I'm out of sequence, but I thought when, when Tim left is that he was looking for Leslie and then he finds her. And kind of forces himself on her in a very weird way. Well, yeah. Well, first, okay. So, because like her, I forget what her costume was, but it's like she made note of it earlier that it wasn't staying on very well. She was, it was like falling apart. So she's oh, in there changing. Yeah. And then like, he's like, Tim's like being all creepy. He's like, you know, confronting her, asking if he's, if she's making it with a uh, wine bower. Yeah. And then we're cutting back and forth, but then Ed arrives to see all like all the chaos and Roger's seeing on the stairs because he's still outside and everything. So we're back in the uh, locker room and then he's telling um, Leslie about like, you know, all the voodoo stuff that Ed's into. And then like Jeannie's in the hospital and Ed runs inside is like all the fire and stuff's being put out. Mm -hmm. And now he starts like, like you were saying, like Tim's all creeping on Leslie and she punches him and runs out. (laughs) And Tim's like clearly like drunk. Don't you think like he's, he's inebriated. There's something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's drunk on my love for he's- him. <laughs> <laughs> and then so Eddie gets the tape and he stomps on that. Um, and then so there's like a hallway scene and like Tim's kind of positioned in the middle of the hallway. And Ed's at the end of it. Oh, and he's right. Trying- yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to get Tim to leave, but Tim's being all like belligerent. But Ed's getting him to Ed's trying to get him to leave because he sees Sammy coming. Right, but uh, Tim doesn't really. Okay, he thinks that all the stuff is coming from Ed, so he's like, "Stay away from me." Right, exactly. Yeah, and then we get the those like blue blasts, and yep. then Sammy sticks his fingers in the outlet and then tosses Tim. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's a that's a new way of uh, fingering something. Right. And then so Ed escapes. He's still trying to find Leslie um, and they do hook up together and they're trying to find the circuit breakers. Yeah, but they find out that. Um, oh, yeah. OK, he says it, he thinks it's too late because the circuit box is locked. Right. Um, and then. Sam's saying, like, we had a deal and everything, but Roger has a crowbar. And so, like, while Sammy's talking to Ed, Roger's trying to, like, pry the 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 um, breaker box open. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, uh, so Sammy Kerr turns around to go after Roger, but Roger kind of zaps himself, basically taking on all that electricity, and Sammy kind of fades into wherever the hell he came from, I guess. Right. And then you you think that Roger's dead, but he's not. Dead. Yeah. Like I thought he was dead the first time I saw this. I was like, oh, shit. Exactly. His, his best friend just sacrificed himself. I know. Now, 
so there's that scene where they're carrying that person in a costume out on a stretcher. Yeah. And was that, wasn't that the chunky cheese bear? Like from, yeah, it looked like something like an animatronic kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure that I wasn't seeing things. Okay. No, I definitely saw that too. That was very strange. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then that same girl that like said that he was better than the real Sammy car. She's outside freaking out. too. <laughs> um, and then um, the cool kids point out that Eddie's escaping because he and Leslie have run off together. Right. And, and then trying... we get that really weird cop foot chase thing. Yeah. That's very odd. Very, very odd. Um, and she's trying to get him to explain the whole story. And he does about playing the record backward and everything. And he's telling her that all the copies were destroyed except for the one that New Kid made for the Midnight Tribute. Right. And they've got to stop that Midnight Tribute from happening. Yes. And there's the phone booth where they're trying to call the station, but they can't get to the station um, and the tape is going to kick on automatically. So they have to get there. They've got to get to his mom's car on foot. Which, um, this is when I had a maximum overdrive moment because oh, the, the station yeah. wagon take is possessed by Sammy now and just kind of starts driving backwards, I guess. Yeah. And yes. And then, um, they're hiding from that cop car behind that tree. And then Sammy just burst out from the house window behind that. Oh yeah. Cause he came through the television. Yeah. Yeah. It was very odd. Very odd. So at and this point, cop- it's like we we kind of figure that um, just like the movie Shocker, Sammy is a part of like the the lightning. Yeah, the electricity yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And the cop tries to tase him, but it backfires. That's funny. <laughs> he was like, "Ooh, thanks for the pep. <laughs> so now they're so now Leslie and Eddie are locked in Eddie's home and they're basically destroying all the stereos in the house. Yeah. But and there's trying one to find, in the oh, bathroom, in the shower yes. that, that yeah. uh, and they didn't get to. Yes. And they're trying to find the car keys for his mother's car. Oh, and yeah, those, that's right. And she yeah. she's, she asked him where mm-hmm. where it was. And he says it must be it must be upstairs somewhere like a, in the yeah. bathroom or near the bathroom uh-huh. for some something like that. Right. And so she's going up there to check for it. And they're, well, both of them. And they're like very cautious and it's dark and there's nothing in the shower. So she's got the keys. And then all of a sudden, Sammy drops from the ceiling, not in the bathroom, but in the room right before the bathroom. So he's blocking the doorway. Yeah. And they slam the door and there's that like, did you notice though that like the he... handprints were... Sh- oh, go ahead. No, oh, no, I just... I was going to say like probably the same thing you were saying. Go for it. Go for it. I want to see if you're going to say it. Um, Like the hands. All right. He had it. He had his hands pressed against the thing. And it looked yeah. like it was melting the door. Yes. But it looked like it was already starting before it should have. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Because I thought the same thing. I'm like, was that supposed to be? Yeah. So he like basically burns a hole through the door to come through it. Yeah. But didn't he just blow the entire door to pieces? With his hands? Yeah. 
Like, yeah, it was burning. And then all of a sudden it right. just like turned to splinters. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like burning. So now he's in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is when. Well, OK, what I know there's something with the toilet, but I'm trying to figure so, out. So like Ed, doesn't Ed throw like the toilet bowl, like the porcelain part at him? Uh, and then that causes him to fall forward and drop his hand into the toilet. Uh, not the bowl, like the actual. So the part that hangs on the wall, Ed throws at him and that causes Ed. No, that causes Sammy to fall forward and put his hand into the toilet bowl. And then Leslie flushes it and that causes him to kind of get like electrocuted. I don't know. I just remember the hand going in the toilet and I'm like, yeah. And that's kind of where they figure out that water is going to be the key to his downfall. Yeah. Cause it, uh, it dissipates the electricity or does something because he's kind of phasing in and out and he looks like right. he's in significant pain. Yeah. So they head downstairs, like out the, out of the house. And then this is where Eddie starts the car, but it takes off without them. So they steal the cop car. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm out of sequence, mm -hmm. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so um, they hit the signal to get everyone out of their way. Uh, and they take the cop car to the radio station, WZLP. And it's the most secluded radio station ever. <laughs> That's got to be There's the like loneliest radio station I have ever yeah. seen. Yeah. I think Stevie Wayne should apply for a job there. <laughs> now, from Vagoda Bay. <laughs> right. Um, so they cautiously approach and like Leslie, like this is suicide. And But Eddie's like, you know, I started this. I got to stop it. Um, and inside you see the security guards already melted. And then there's like in the DJ booth, there's lightning flashing from the reel to reel. So basically Sammy's like protecting the remaining tape from being destroyed. And it looked like uh poltergeist in there, man. It, oh, it sure did. Didn't it very yeah. much. So it was Carol Ann's bedroom all over again. <laughs> when shit spinning around and all that. Exactly. So Ed's got the idea to kind of goad Sammy into following him. And he's going to, set Leslie up outside, make her count to a hundred. He's got a portable radio, which he has with him in a car, in the cop car. He gives her a kiss. He takes off and he starts like taunting, you know, uh, Sammy. He's yeah. like, you know, you don't need, you don't, I don't need you. You need me. Um, you know, and he's like, uh, he's just nothing but a wimp poser and everything. Um, and then this works. Well, he's in a cop car, so Sammy appears in the back. Yeah, because the it, radio was in the back. Yeah, and so he can't get to the front because there's those, like, that wire mesh material so that you can't get from the back of the cop car to the front where the driver is. Yeah, but does that... I... Okay. I don't know if this works with electricity because I really don't, you know, know much about electricity. But can't it pass through metal? And so... Like Sammy could easily get to the front seat. So why would he be trapped behind there? Because he's not an actual physical being. Uh, and I, I'm applying logic to this. Once yeah, I, more. Think, I think <laughs> so. I think with everything we've seen, now's not the time to do that. <laughs> yes. It's just like, I was trying to figure that out. Cause it's like, was there something anti-static where like he just is, 
He's like, ah, let me out of here. <laughs> you know? Right, right. So just like you mentioned earlier, we know for a fact that the bridge is not all the way down. And if he barrels off the bridge, they'll plummet into water. And that's uh, that's uh, Sammy's big downfall. So that's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. They go off the bridge. The cop car goes to the bottom of the water. Eddie emerges up from the water triumphantly. There's daybreak and we see Leslie asleep at the counter. The tapes are all smashed. Uh, she was able to do her part. And then Eddie enters and they kiss and hug. And then and there's then, a shower scene. Right. No, <laughs> we, he cranks up the board and they play a killer track. Yeah. Um, and he, so and then we never we never figured out what Nuke's fate was. From what no, I, I assume, gather. I assume he didn't make it, I assume. Yeah, that's but what I'm guessing, the, too. At the end, did you stay for the end credits like all the way through? I did. Yes. Okay, so at the end, there's Ozzy. Yeah, right. but it's just, it's very quick. Unless there, well, was, unless there was more to it. Well, then after Ozzy, there's the part where the it's it shows uh, Eddie and Leslie, like the sun's coming up, and they, they've already walked out of the, uh, was it WZLP? Um, and he's got an arm around her and she's like, um, I, was he say, I think this, I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And she says, but I need to tell you something. I've, um, I've got to be honest with you. I have been, uh, fooling around with Tim and I'm carrying his baby. Okay. Now you're messing with me. (laughs) And then he says, bitch. (laughs) Nope, I <laughs> that was that was interesting more so than uh, the ending we got where uh, Eddie basically becomes the new DJ. Yeah, well, or the whole like the thing with Ozzy, I get that it's fun, but like it really was kind of like purposeless. Yeah, it it must have been a B roll or something. Yeah, I just more should have happened or something. I don't know. He like, should have like turned into the devil or something. I wanted more. Or he should have turned into Sammy Kerr, maybe. <laughs> right. It's something. Something. Yeah, it, yeah. That felt like it's something that got left out that was supposed to have been like on an alternate take, maybe. And, and they're just like, oh, we'll throw this in after the credits. Now, I don't I can't even tell you where I heard this. But it seems like I heard that they have almost like four and a half hours of just him as that character. Really? I yeah, believe it. He because, just went, yeah, because he just went on and on and on. Yeah, he it, loves which, to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, which I think would be hysterical. <laughs> um, so now, Rob, did yes, you enjoy sir. Trick or Treat? Oh, yeah. From, yeah. I got to say, um, the last time I saw it, the first time and the last time that I had seen it was in 1986. Uh, didn't see it again until last night. So seeing it again was a bit different. Like I remember things a little bit differently and I was like, oh, wow, that used to affect me or that didn't happen the same way that I thought it did. Oh, yeah. Um, But for the most part, it was like, yeah, blast from the past, most definitely. 
I think that is fun though. Like revisiting, unfortunately you have to wait so long because it's so hard to find, mm-hmm. but it is fun. Like revisiting movies that you haven't seen for a while and looking at them with like, you know, a couple of years under your belt from the last time you saw it, like how things changed your perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then would you recommend this? I would, but I would, I would probably add in like, you know, if you're a fan of heavy metal or rock and like, I wouldn't even call that heavy metal. I would call that hard rock. Um, you know, eighties, like hair- yeah. hard rock. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you know what? I feel really bad. So the majority of the songs came from Fastway, Right. And I do have that soundtrack. Oh, do you now on vinyl or cassette or CD? Or? Uh, I got the, didn't you see the photo that I put side by side with the movie and the CD? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, I want the vinyl. I want to rock the vinyl. That's yeah, you my know, goal. In that life. is a difficult find right there. I know I somebody who repressed. bought it, but I think you have to pay an arm and a leg and a soul for that. I would give my soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would pay more. For the deleted scene of Tim Peeing. But- <laughs> of Tim Peeing. <laughs> oh, so you don't, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't want the scene of um, of Eddie being stripped down to no. nothing and then just like him running through like, we're going no. streaking everybody. No, I don't want any scenes of Eddie with, I want Eddie with more clothes on. Um, <laughs> now I too love this movie. I think, I I think you would get a deeper level of appreciation if you're into like this kind of music, but it's like just a really solid, fun horror movie. I think it is. Yeah. I like ever since you brought it to my attention, like the way that you recommend things to people, it's made me wary of recommending everything that I like because everything that I like is not going to resonate with everyone else. And I always am very leery of that because I don't want people to turn on me. And then like, and then like anything I recommend, they're like, no, he recommends crap. Yeah, this, you um, said this movie was great, but it's garbage. Yeah. Because everyone approaches these things differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I also think like this, like if you have ever at all felt like an outcast or you felt, you know, like on the receiving end of a bully, yeah. um, this will appeal to you. Um, but now I, I think if you could never relate to that, you might totally see this very differently, you know. Um, but I also but think I, if you grew up in the 80s and had to basically live through the the um, the stickers on the tapes, you know, the stuff that we lived through with the PMRC and know that that's a real thing. That was a real thing that occurred and had like I remember this one instance where my sister like I had just bought the new Metallica album on tape. And my sister told my mom that the to read the lyric sheets because it had stuff about killing your parents. And I was like, no, there's no oh. Metallica song in existence that talks about let's kill our parents. And uh, it's like she was just trying to get my mom to destroy my tapes, I think. Oh, um, but yeah, it was like my mom. I could I remember my mom going through like I had a Wasp tape. I had Metallica. I had the new Anthrax album. And it's like she's reading the liner notes and the lyrics and everything to make sure there's nothing satanic in there or like kill your parents kind of thing. And it was just like, stop going through my stuff. I, you know what? It's funny. I never, ever, my parent, my parents never really censored stuff like that as far as what I listened to or anything. 
actually, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about a clockwork orange. And I remember watching that in the, because our VCR was in the living room and I, you've seen a clockwork orange, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's like some really heavy stuff in that. And I remember watching that in the living room and my dad was just in the kitchen. And I, I remember thinking, hmm, what will I do if he walks in the room right now during this scene? But I just kept <laughs> watching it, you know, and I, um, but they music, they never really censored what I listened to. And I listened to. My stuff wasn't like. I, I think looking back, my stuff was way more like sexually like questionable because like mm-hmm. I was doing Prince and Madonna and, you know, like all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it wasn't like killing your parents. It was more like just like having sex with everyone that would stop by kind of thing. <laughs> well, no, even with the Kiss things, I remember parents were like burning Kiss records from their children. You know, no, I then. didn't. I I, th- I think you're misunderstanding me. I wasn't like a, a, a Kiss music fan per se. I was oh, like into Kiss. Okay, you were- Like oh, the okay. look of Kiss. Like, gotcha. I, loved, I thought you yeah, were like a Kiss fan. I wasn't fan. rocking out like, you know- mm-hmm. Detroit Rock City or whatever. I don't even know they're really. Okay, so I totally destroyed. misunderstood I wasn't that. like, you know, pulling, you know, the demon tongue and, you know, the shocker finger in front of my mom <laughs> and singing out, you know, with a black it, diamond or whatever. Shout it yeah. out loud. <laughs> no, I was doing the, the disco one. Okay. What was it? I was made for loving you. Way more appropriate <laughs> for a child to be singing in front of their parents. Yeah. Yeah. No, Fat Mark was roller skating to I was made for loving you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, I had a friend like I used to skateboard with and he was a huge Kiss fan and he tried to get me and I was just like, no, it's not, it's not doing it for me. Yeah, no, no, I was the, but the look of Kiss, like in that regards, I was a Kiss fan. Like I oh, yeah. loved Kiss. When I they had, Kiss. when like, they had, had the their, makeup. Yeah. Oh yeah. The solo albums. I had all the solo albums for the posters. Oh, the po- you didn't listen to the music then? Not really. No. Okay. I, I, yeah. I like, I wanted those posters, like uh, the look of kiss. Like I loved kiss and, so much. And all the diehard kiss fans have just turned off the show right now. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but now I, I have, as I said, I've gotten older. Like now I do appreciate their music as well as their look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I would recommend this. Oh, that's what I want to say. I also think that the, Teens in this movie are not treated as characters, which they could easily have been have done that to these kids, but they are just. Mm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. they're not even like the the like Tim and Jeannie. They're not really like cartoon characters of what teenagers would be like. Yeah, they're not the tokenized characters. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like they could have easily made Eddie this like where you couldn't relate to him at all. And, you know, and his friend could just be like this nerd or something, but he really wasn't like that. I, I think they're more than just like flat two dimensional characters, yeah. uh, which I appreciate. Like, we do get the, we do get the thing that he is a nerd. Like he's definitely like, you could see him in, re- bleh, I can't talk anymore. You could see him in revenge of the nerds easily. Um, You know, he's got the glasses, he's got the well, well manicured hair and like the, the Argyle oh, Roger, sweater and everything. Roger? Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I thought you were talking about Eddie at first. Oh, Roger, no, no, I, I was talking yeah. about his best friend, Eddie. I mean, Roger. Never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm brain dead now. No, you're fine, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. But he's not like... Um, people wear glasses, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. But he's not like acting like a nerd. No, he's just yeah. acting like 
a person. Yeah, a person. Like anybody yeah. would in high school, I guess. And he's like a really good friend. I don't know. I I, I like the characters. I think they're 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 good characters, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. They're you don't feel separated from them. You feel like they could be a part of your everyday life. Yes, they're that you could relate to these people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it's both of us feel comfortable relating, uh, not relating, recommending this movie to people. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we spent probably like 30 minutes talking about our <laughs> childhoods here <laughs> and, uh, you know, what kind, of, what kind of effect that this movie ha- or no, wait, this movie kind of brought up memories of like high school days for us. Yeah, I think definitely if you grew up in this time, you will definitely kind of get like the nostalgia feels Yep, to some degree. Yeah. And the music, the soundtrack is amazing. Ooh. The soundtrack is really good. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, now, we're going to kind of take it in a different direction next time we meet. We're going to go back oh, to the land yes. of Fulci. Yep, we're going back to Fulci. We're going to, we're going to, uh, let's see, we started with part three of the trilogy, correct? We did, because it's my okay. favorite one. And like, for anyone out there not familiar, you don't really, they aren't necessary to see them in a certain order. It's not like, you know, like the Empire Strikes Back or something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Star Wars. It's not like you have to see <laughs> Star Wars and then the Empire Strikes Back. These are very like loose trilogy. Um, so is this the, the, is this the, the first cemetery. part or is this? Oh, sorry. Yes. Yep. That is the first part. You're okay. Correct. This is the first movie in the trilogy then. Yes. So it's uh, Lucio Fulci's 1980. Um, it could be the city of the living dead or uh, the gates of hell, which if you find it under either one, it's the same film. So basically you're good to watch either one. You'll be caught up with us if you do so. And that's what we'll be talking about the next time we meet. Hell yeah. And I think the gates of hell is a more badass title than city of the living dead. Cause city of the living dead gives off a vibe where there's like, you're, you're thinking it's more of like a Romero type film. Well, that's why they did it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's exactly why they did it, because it's another one of those Italian ploys to get people into seats and be like, well, this has nothing at all to do with the George (laughs) Romero film. What am I doing here? There's no zombies here. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But Gates of Hell ties in way more Mm. uh, with the film, actually, that we're going to be seeing. But yeah, so if you're trying to find it and you can't find one, look for the other. Yeah. Um, and as I said, like Amazon is being really weird with me. So I don't know if I have it on my watch list yet, mm, but gotcha, I will gotcha. let you know. How exciting. And then uh, if you would like to get a hold of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am at Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And, and we are now, um, am I right in saying this? Yes, we are in the triple digits as far as followers go now. I'm so excited. Ooh. That is very cool. Hot damn. Thank Thank you you for letting me know about that. And thank you to all the people who've been following our account. And I hope that you're listening to the show too and enjoying it. Right. (laughs) And not putting hits out on our life. (laughs) (laughs) For the stuff that we say about Kiss or... uh, Or just how long the podcast go. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, these guys don't talk about the movie enough. They're always going back to their childhood. I'd like to think that with each show, you know me a little bit better and regretfully so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I got to say it's like with all the, like, I I know that we've got 
um, our love for horror movies and monster movies in common, but it's like we also have our being outcasts in common, albeit not in the same manner, but still. No, we, you know what? We have common ground, but we are individuals. Indeed. Too. Yes. And oh, as far as like emailing us. Oh, yes. Thank you. I had forgotten. Yeah. You can no. send us an email at mmccpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, hell, if you want, like, leave a review, give us your thoughts, like, try to be cordial. That's all I ask. I mean, you don't have to kiss, but, but I mean, it would be nice if you had some constructive criticism, maybe, instead of just being like, oh, this show is utter garbage. Or photos of you kissing a butt. <laughs> and i'll forward that directly to mark right to me <laughs> I'll, I'll be looking forward to those um and don't please please don't be afraid to recommend movies we've already covered one we have some more coming down the pipeline uh we definitely want to cover things that interest you i mm -hmm. think that's really cool yep. yeah so if you let us know you know we'll throw it up on the dartboard and throw darts at it and you know That'll be our pick for the week. No, I'm exactly. kidding. That, that's not how we do things. We do it in a much more sophisticated manner. We do rock, paper, scissors. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we do appreciate you joining us because the more the scarier. And as always, until next week, stay spooky. <laughs>